0: On today's show, the interview Howard has waited his entire career for. Legendary Rolling Stones lead singer, frontman, and
1: songwriter, Mick Jagger.
2: Please allow me to introduce myself. Please
3: allow me to introduce myself.
4: Good Lord, I'm a nervous wreck. This is a um, this is a little too important to me. I said to Robin, I've never been so filled with anxiety about talking to another human being as Mick Jagger. Yeah, I mean,
2: we this morning that you were going to do this, and I was like, oh my god, I wonder if he's nervous.
4: I am. It's really weird. I've been doing this for like forty years, but he's the one guy that would just screw my head up. But uh, without further ado, I don't want to waste a minute. One of the greatest not a morning person,
5: need something stronger to fuel your life. day? Drink Death Wish Coffee. Know, I, Discover the elixir problem. of life, make the world's check. strongest oh, coffee, and look experience look an you.
6: unprecedented too ability, too ability I mean. to crush through chores. Take your job with enthusiasm, focus like a Zen master, talk at lightning
3: speed,
0: and be better at almost everything.
4: You know, I've been doing radio for so long, and they always say to me in they say to me in interviews oh, who would you want to? have on your show that you've never had on and without missing a beat it's always been mick jagger and i never thought it would happen but but i can't thank you enough for doing this today i am madly in love with you your music has meant more to me in my life than than just about anything honestly um as a young man i wasn't uh you know what was going on with me but the rolling stones meant something to me you guys really really inspired me and uh to have you here today is just an emotional thing for me so i i hope oh thank it's you that's you. very
7: that's very kind of you to say all those compliments and uh you know um it's very nice to be on the show this morning and uh yeah it's very nice to talk to you and uh and uh you know i woke up, i woke up uh woke up <laughs> this morning i'm in, i'm in charlotte north carolina and i in a kind of very kind of modern hotel and then well, I could hear out the window there was a street preacher who <laughs> woke me up. I was dreaming about something else, and then this this street preacher's—I couldn't actually hear his words, but I could hear the cadences were were of a street preacher, and I, so that was a very weird. Wake up, um, but that- um, so I knew I knew where I was. <laughs> Does it piss you
4: off when you're on tour and you're in a hotel and you're used to having a good life at this point? I mean, you know, you're successful. Mm-hmm. But yet the drudgery of the tour is I can't get a good night's sleep because some guy is out there yelling outside my window.
7: It's, well, it's, it happens, it's really, you know, it happens to listen. That was a, a small, um, I mean, you got to look at the good side of it. You know, it's kind of a strange, it's, it's not every morning you get woken up by a street preacher, you know, so <laughs> it's better than a jackhammer. You know,
4: <laughs> is there, can that screw up? Are you performing tonight on tour?
7: No, no, fortunately not. But tomorrow night, we're, we're yeah. performing, so it's not a big do, deal.
4: Do you get superstitious about things like that, even to this day? You've done it so many times, going on stage yeah. and performing, and, and Lord yeah. knows I've seen a bunch of those performances. But when you suddenly don't get enough sleep, do you start to get neurotic about your voice, about your, 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 you know, you know in other words, everything I, has to be right for the performance.
7: Yeah, well, in a way, yeah, one of the things, if you don't get enough sleep, we do, you, you, you don't feel good about yourself. I really, on the show day, I mean, I don't mind if it's not a show day, but if you don't get enough sleep for some reason or other, then that really, yeah, it's not so great. But I, I'm, I'm not superstitious about, you know, lots of these, lots of people, especially in sport, they're so superstitious about, you know, wearing the same socks or, you know, sitting in the same seat and all this sort of thing. Uh, um, and I'm not superstitious about anything like that. But, um, so fortunately I don't have those problems but um no i mean yeah the the show day you know it's like the show day is like you know from the almost the minute you get up you've got a timeline you know, leading up to the show so you, you know it's very kind of it's very kind of military in a way for me that's the way i deal with it so i know exactly what i'm doing for this 15 minutes this 15 minutes this 15 minutes and you get 10 minutes off, you know, but, but it, it, you know, you still got to relax within that, you know, you've got to be relaxed when you go on stage. You can't be, you can't be flying, you know, with all strange thoughts in your mind. You've got to be relaxed before you go out there and and confident.
4: It's so funny you say about like sports guys. I, I compare you to let's say Babe Ruth, a guy who could hit home runs, but he could also pitch. I mean, you do it all. And when I think about it, um, In a way, yeah. When you're writing a song and you have a hit, you know, you write, especially in the beginning of your career, you're I can't get no satisfaction. And and the hits start coming. Do you start to think, wait a second, I wrote that song when I was in a room, I was by myself, or I took a shower and it came to me. There was a relaxation technique or something. And you try to recreate that magic each time. You know, I would think like when when you come
7: up, I don't think in, in those days. You sort of thought like that, but it, the reality is that quite often there, there's two ways, there's two parts of writing songs, really. That, I mean, two main parts of writing songs. One, one's the initial inspiration idea. You know, you get an idea for a song, whether it's a lyric or whether it's a riff or whether it's a melody or all three at once. And then. You get that initial thing, but the the song's not finished. You know, it's it it's just an idea, or or it's a chorus, you know, or something, or it's. But then then you have to craft it. You so you got your initial inspiration, and then then you have your craft. You know, so so you have to finish the verses. You have to make this work. You want a middle section, something to take away uh, from the main melody. So the initial inspiration, the which is. The most interesting in a way, it usually comes when you're not trying to do something. So you're, like you say, you're, you're just sitting there looking out the window or you're relaxed or you're having fun or you're in a shower or you're doing something else. So I think that the, you know, the received wisdom about any kind of creativity of like that is that the more relaxed you are and the more fun you're having and the more, you know, you're just not trying that's when the initial uh you get these initial inspirations about any of these creative activities and then after that then yes you do have to sit down with your notebook and you do have to learn you know you 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 learn this bit that you have to craft it and finish it and have a beginning middle and end and all this sort of stuff and but that's just you know a few hours you have to put in but but the initial stuff, yeah, you have to be open-minded, relaxed, uh, not to, you, you can't sit down and say, I'm now going to write something wonderful, yeah, that's not going to work.
4: Yeah, but you know, like I was once uh, interviewing Willie Nelson, a couple of times I've talked to him, yeah. and he wrote two of his biggest hits. He just drove in his car. He said driving yeah. in his car relaxed his mind. And Einstein used to yeah. say, hey, I get all my great ideas in the shower. It's yeah. this relaxed kind of calm. So he started yeah. to drive his car all the time,
7: Willie Nelson, because he was like, oh, my God, this is where I write my greatest songs. And it kind of yeah. works for the guy, you know. It's yeah, pretty- But whatever you find these things that whatever works for you, you know, uh, you, you you get these ideas in certain situations and, you know, that. It's not really the situation, I mean, for like, I can imagine, Willie, it's very relaxing for him to write in the car, but it's it's not really so much the situation, it's just your state of mind, you know, it's just your state of mind being relaxed, or, uh, you know, whatever makes you feel relaxed, uh, makes you feel good, that's 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 the way for you.
4: This might be a weird question, but I've always wondered this. I think out of your whole career, and it, it's mind-blowing, because I went through your whole catalogue, I mean, I don't even know how you prepare for a tour in terms of whittling it down to what songs you're going to do and all of that. But of all the things you've done, I think the bravest thing you've done in your life was to turn to your father and say, Dad, I'm dropping out of college to join a rock and roll band. Um, yeah. To me, I, I i mean, I've watched that video of you with your father. Your father was a gym teacher. I see the one when you were a little boy and you were in this video where you're climbing yeah. the rock. It's <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Cause it's so you, but it's a little kid. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I watched that. I said, your dad, a gym teacher to me in my mind, anyway, seems like a real hard ass, a very practical kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And here you're on, you know, he, he wanted you to do well. His heart was in the right place. Yeah. What was it like when you went to your father and you said, dad,
7: I'm joining a rock and roll band and I'm dropping out of college. Well, I mean, it, were, it wasn't, you know, quite as simple as that. I mean, he but of course in those days, you see that, in those days, it, you know, being, being a, a rock singer, well, well, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a career. Like now, now you can, you know, you, you go and you can go to school and learn, you know, you can go to college and take courses in doing this kind of stuff. I mean, you, you can take courses in being a songwriter. You can do, you know, no, none of that existed then. And and people that were in this kind of music business were in a very short-lived business. You know that they they maybe did it for a year, maybe they had one record, and maybe had if they were lucky they had a couple. And there it wasn't a career path, you know. And and you know my father used to say he was a gym teacher. He he was by then he was a he was a lecturer at a university, you know, as well. You know, and so he so you know and I was quite an academic child, you know, and and they didn't really my parents really never saw that I was really into being into some kind of show business. You know what I mean? You know, right. they, 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 they never really saw that in me, even though, uh, you know, I was obviously a very outward going and, and extrovert child, but that, but they never really saw that. And, and they wanted to keep me in the, in, the, in the academic, you know, world, which I, which I liked, you know, I, I enjoyed being in an in academic world. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, it was a bit boring in some ways as long as I could do other things. I could do sport and I could, you know, I had music. But I've been doing music since I was 12 in some kind, you know, at the weekends. And, you know, I did shows when I was, you know, I used to walk on with rock bands when I was even 15, 16 years old. So they knew I did all this stuff. But, but it just was a, a weekend activity like playing soccer, you know. And right. um, so, so they never thought it was a serious thing. But you know, I mean, it was it, it was a very easy decision for me because, you know, I was in college and and you know I, I went to see my my tutor in college and he said, well, you know, it's not a big deal if you if it doesn't work out for you, uh, you can always just come back to college. So you know, it was a win win situation. It wasn't a, it wasn't like you're you're never coming back. And I mean, I think my father, yeah, was obviously upset about it, but um, but then very quickly, you know, we became you know successful and quite well known so i think you know yeah he was depressed for a year but after that he saw that 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 (laughs) that was it was something that was happening you know so
4: um, he got to see your great success
7: yeah he got to see yeah and in the the end he loved it and i used to my parents you know i didn't used to like them coming to shows very much why parents coming to well you know it's slightly you know it's inhibiting you know, because I, I used to do all kinds of crazy things, and and some of them that are overtly sexual, and and I and I, and, I, and I and I never really liked doing that stuff in front of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I, but Mick, I doing, never did. The, 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 even on stage, you you know, the decision
4: to to dance, I think, is a big decision for a rock and roll performer. You know, you look at bands like Oasis or even the Beatles, for that matter. Those guys just stand there, you know. You go back even to the early days of, of the bands that invaded America, you know, Dave Clark Five, blah blah blah, whatever they are. Those guys stood there um, like a stone wall. I would think dancing on stage is a huge decision for you. What well, kind of frontman? I mean, am I it's it,
7: it's very really interesting. Used to, uh, I was uh, I was reading this thing that that the Beatles made this conscious dis- decision. You know, because because they they were sort of fans and sort of anti fans of of Elvis, you know, up to a certain point. You know, and, a, and Elvis was a big mover, but and they so they they made this decision that they weren't going to dance on on stage, and so so they so they they were just going to stand. I mean, they did move a bit. I mean, you remember these first mock top videos if you watch them. I mean, they're not standing <laughs> stock still. <laughs> All uh, right. not you know, not like Oasis. That, 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 that that's much more studied, I think. But, 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 um, but they, but they didn't dance at that, and that's for sure. And, 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 but they made this conscious decision they weren't going to dance. Um, because Elvis danced and they didn't think it was like their thing for whatever reason. I mean, I read that whether it's true or not. I don't know these things you read. Uh, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I just couldn't keep still. It wasn't a question of making a decision to dance. I just couldn't. I couldn't have this music going on and not move around, you know, even in these tiny little spaces that we had, you know, in the early days, the very small stage. So, but I mean, you still had to move, you know, but it was just the natural thing to do. And, and, and it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't a thought about not doing it. So, you know, just took it from there.
4: Yeah. It's uh, to me, you know, to me, being a singer, to being in a band, to even dancing on stage, it requires a real confidence to say, listen, I don't, you know, people might goof on me for this. They might, they might ridicule me. uh They might consider it feminine. Uh, fuck them. Uh, I'm going to do this. This is my expression. And this is the way I'm going to do it. It seems obvious now because you're Mick Jagger, but it, it probably didn't seem that obvious back in the day. It, it does
7: require a certain um freedom. That a lot of people. I think, can't. I think if you, I think how if you, if you're, you know, a lead singer in a band, you have to be, you know, an extrovert for a start. You could, I mean, you, you're, you're really batting against yourself if you, if you, if you're not an extrovert, you know, and, and being an extrovert means doing all these stupid things. And then, and, and yes, you see, you watch other people and you copy other people, you know, I used to copy people, but I've never met, you know, I used to, look at all these James Brown the you know, clips and go and see him and Chuck Berry and all these people and and, and they had great moves. All, all these people that I adored, like even little Richard, those slightly stuck on piano, but and Jerry Lee Lewis and all these, but they had great, they had great moves. You know, that was that, that had signature moves, you know, and, and yeah. that was for me as a singer that, I mean, yeah, that singing was part is like a huge part, obviously singing is singing, but it, it's not enough just to be a singer. You, 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 you have to have moves, you know, and, and all the people I've mind had these moves and a lot of them were signature moves. They did them over and over. People knew them for their moves. You know, they, they, they did certain moves repetitively. They, you, he's going to do this move. He's going to stand on the piano. He's going to kick the chair. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to do the splits. He's going to do, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, so, so this was part, this is, you know, part of what it is to be, uh, a lead singer i mean obviously there's the alternate approach you know like we talked about oasis and stuff where you where you you know and also you know there's times when you don't want to do that because there's times you want to center the 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 audience on the stage so you you you're gonna you're gonna be comp- pretty still and just hold the center stage you know particularly when you're doing some A a particular song or ballad perhaps, um, so that you don't want to be running around like a chicken with its head cut off all the time because it's just too annoying. So, so my problem is that I've got to control myself a bit. And, and so, you know, I've got to say, okay, you you stay in this, this little square for a bit, you know, don't move. Um, So, you know, you have to learn to control that. But, uh, you know, when I was much younger, I didn't, I just did anything. I just did crazy things i used to jump off the stage into the organ pit in these theaters and on my knees and i yes. my knees would be like killing me but i because i didn't know what was there and it was covered up in drapes I, but i'd seen little richard do that so i thought well okay i can do that if he can do it i can do it and so i used to jump off the stage just to run around the you know i mean i just could do absolutely crazy things that i hadn't rehearsed you know yeah. and um very dangerous some of them were dangerous and and i used to, I mean, even like later on in the eighties, I'd climb up these, you know, 60 foot, you know, high stages and go on the top of them. And, and I mean, you know, it, but it's fun, you know, I, I, that's for me, that's part of the, you know, performing. It's not just, I mean, listen, I'm a musician and I'm very, I'm quite serious about music. And, and, but when you're actually performing, you know, there's another whole added element to it as apart from the music and the singing. Maybe
4: that's why the Stones are the world's greatest rock and roll band. Because this the live show. I think you've said this. I'm quoting you that okay. even in the the great comparison with the Beatles and all this, the Beatles were ultimately boring. The Stones were more interesting to watch. I mean, even Keith, who he's standing there, but there's certain moves he does with the guitar. I mean, just, Keith
7: has Keith has moves. You know, he has. He music. does, and and uh, and you know he's. he's you know, he when he was like, when we started off, he had like certain moves and looks, you know, because when you do, we just do tons of television, you know, almost every week we do two or three television shows you, you because you'd be promoting. That's how you get known, you know, in those days that that was the way to get known. And you know you have the you you have, the, have these look you know on television you don't need a lot of movement you need look you need looks you know and sideways glances and you know it's like the movies so so you know Keith had a, a lot of different ways of doing that and then he had like foot kicks and he had you know every guitarist has you know most moving guitarists mean, think about Pete Townsend he has. Um, you know, when he was younger, he had like amazing moves and, 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 and Keith always had moves as well. Do you laugh sometimes at
4: like when you see like younger performers come along? Like I, I think of even like Steven Tyler, he'll say, you know, I, I learned from Mick Jagger, uh, Chris Robinson, you know, who dances on stage with the, uh, with the black crows. These guys all, they all credit with you. Are you aware of, of these guys? Do you kind of sit there and go, Oh, they're doing my moves or do you sort of say, Hey, welcome to the club I mean I I
7: think it's fun but I mean you know a lot of them do them in their own way. You know, there's, I used, to, I copied people. I tried to copy James Brown cause I, I couldn't. So I had to make it into my <laughs> own moves and you know, they do their version of my move. I heard moves. a great story about you that you were
4: trying, you know, you were trying things out and you said, I'm going to do this move that James Brown does where he takes the microphone, he whips it down, you know, with, with the wire and then he whips it back up and you whipped it back up and you
7: hit yourself in the face. But, yeah, part of, <laughs> that's part of the practice, the dangers <laughs> of practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a difficult move. I mean, Prince used, Prince used to do that move perfectly. He could do that. I don't, I don't know. Everyone did that. It was a, that was a, uh, it wasn't only James that did that. It, you know, Solomon Burke did that. Everyone, everyone did that move. It was, it was, it was a move everyone had to do. So I had to try and learn to do it, but I was never very good at <laughs> it. i was was used to that that move
4: well i was talking to uh dave Grohl yesterday and we i Uh told dave i'm so excited Mick jaggers coming on the show he goes how has that never happened he started talking about when he got this uh email from you or phone call from you to make a song together and you had said you know hey i was getting ready for a tour and now covid happened but i'm in Mm -hmm. a dance studio where you know i i don't know if this is a true fact but they they've logged that maybe during a stone show you actually do about 12 miles on stage, just a movement. You're actually moving about. T- I don't know if that's hype or if it's the
7: truth, but I can believe I, I it. I mean, I haven't measured it recently. I was going to, you know, put on, you know, some device or other. And, um, yeah, it's <laughs> something ringing. like, yeah, between eight and 12, something like, depending how energetic I feel, something like that.
4: So before a show, I mean, I mean you, 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 get a, you get a, uh, dance studio. And you've got to sit there and what, spend an hour or two a day just dancing and moving.
7: Yeah. I mean, you think when you're, yeah, I mean, when you're training for a tour, you do lots and lots of different things. So for me, you know, it's different. You, I I have to do, you know, um, you know, I have to do voice, you know, so, you know, for, for a certain amount of time. This is before we start rehearsal. So I have to do voice for a certain time, gym for a certain time, you know, Upper body for a certain time, a little right. bit of sprinting. But my my favourite part of it is dancing because because that's what I'm actually doing on stage. It's that's more like what I'm actually going to be doing. Um, the rest of being in the gym on a machine is not really what I'm going to be doing on stage. So it's more it's more to me. I just I, I always say to my trainer, well, we need more dancing in there, you know. So so the, and that that's much more fun, you know, to to go into a, like a dance studio and. And, um, and, and, you know, play around, fool around, you know, try things out. And, and, uh, and it's also a way for uh, keep, of getting fit. You know, if you, if you dance for 45 minutes, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that that'll wear you out. That'll wear you out and keep you fit. So, so the, as a that's lead a lead singer thing.
4: though. As a lead singer. Do, do you get resentful that you have to put this amount of work in i mean your voice is really key i, I mean your voice is still yeah. deep and you you know to to hold on to that and all the physicality of it do you get resentful is
7: it that you know the uh, no. you know I've, i i don't get resent i don't get resentful i mean uh, i i uh, that's 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 my gig you know and I, I i don't want to be lazy about it so i have to cover all the bases and and you know everyone everyone's got their their own you know, there are everyone in a band has their own, you know, things that they have to specialize in, and I have to do certain things, and other people have to do other things, you know, and and you know, uh, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a drummer, you know, you've got a it, you, you putting out. I I don't I don't know how to measure it, but you're putting out a lot of energy in, 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 if you're playing drums, you know. So yeah. So and. and you know, it, the, the the guy that always laugh at drummers because they can't. If they make a mistake, they can't stop. You know, I can stop <laughs> if I want. You know, if I if I'm really, you know, if I, I don't have to run across the stage. <laughs> I can st- I can stand still. If you're a drummer, you can't. You know, you've got to keep going. You you know, even if your uh, your legs killing you, you have got to keep going. Yeah, uh, because if you miss a beat, everyone's going to look at you. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe the audience won't, but that band will. If you if you miss one beat, you know, you you everyone will look at you and go, "Why you missed a beat?" Yeah. The Rolling
4: Stones are on their No Filter tour right now, and they just added a second show in L.A. And uh, mm-hmm. if you've never seen the Rolling Stones, it's almost um, it's 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 just it, it's more of a religion. It's like going to uh, a church, but actually feeling something. You know, it's that powerful, and if you've never seen The Stones, you must go. I like, particularly, I, I saw how you opened the show now with the tribute to Charlie, your late drummer, mm-hmm. and I yes. found it fascinating what you did. It, it's a, a, Before you guys come on, there's big screens, and you see Charlie up there, but it's funny, what you chose to show of Charlie drumming is a very mm-hmm. sort of steady beat. It wasn't yeah. as fancy as Phil it no, wasn't some exactly. uh, crazy drum solo it really said this is the guy who was the heartbeat of our band he yeah. he kept pace right that's that's the point of what you're doing mm-hmm. uh during yeah. the tour it's is yeah. the
7: heartbeat you know it, it, i mean charlie was a, you know it was a heartbeat for the band you know and, a, and also a very steady um personality you know he's very um you know he, not to be perturbed he 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 is a you know, a very, um, reliable person, you know, wasn't a, wasn't a, wasn't a diva, you know, that's the last thing you want in a drummer.
4: Right. <laughs> <I think laughs> a diva, a diva a drama. drama enough niners. divas in that uh, band, right?
7: Yeah. <laughs> you don't want, you don't want a diva drummer. No, so, uh, no, but so so, no, but he, so he, 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 and, and it was a subtle, uh, it always had, Charlie was, a very subtle drummer. He, 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 you know, it was. Everyone says it, what Charlie was, loved was jazz. He loved jazz. He did love jazz, and 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 that gave him the subtlety uh, that perhaps that, that he wouldn't have had if he hadn't been such a student of of, of and and also played jazz a lot. Um, but he, you know, he was a rock drummer as well. You know, he was a he was a steady rock drummer. He wasn't just a jazz drummer showing off or trying to be too technical, and. Um, so, you know, he, and, and also was very, had a very sort of dry sense of humor. And, and, um, you know, he was a wonderful guy to play with. But I mean, we, you know, I miss Charlie because, uh, because, you know, he had a great sense of humor. And, and we, we also were we, outside of the band. We, we, you know, we used to hang out quite a lot and have, uh, interesting times going. We, we like sports. We'd go to football. We'd go to cricket games and we, we'd, we'd you know we we would have other interests apart from just music um um but you know of course, I'm you know really miss Charlie so much um uh you know being up there playing and and we'll, and every time we get together now and rehearse, we always think, oh, yeah, and Charlie would say this and, that. and then he would do that, and then he would i mean he was he was a very quirky guy um and um you know we we really miss him, but you know um. You know, we did so many shows with him, and and so many tours with him, and and so many recording sessions. It's it's uh, you know strange being without him. But but you know we, you know we decided, and he said, well, you know when he was sick, he said, well, you know you've got to just carry on and do this tour. You know you don't, don't stop because of me. So so we did. Yeah, it's hard. I,
4: you know, I you know I sometimes wonder about being in a band. Like as the years go by. Do you ever sit and look at a band like Led Zeppelin, or or you look at Keith Moon as a drummer, or somebody, and you say to yourself, "Gee, what would our music? I, I write all this music, but what would it been like if John Bonham was the drummer for the Stones or something?" Do you never. Do you ever sit <laughs> there
6: and go, it's louder, bigger"? bigger. That's right.
7: John, John was, was a lunatic. Plus, he was a complete lunatic, like Keith Moon. I mean, I mean, I knew Keith Moon much better than John, but I mean, Keith was a complete lunatic. Um, <laughs> What does that mean, though? Because in rock and roll, to be a complete lunatic. Well, I mean, well, I was in I was in Los Angeles in a hotel once, and 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 um and uh I was asleep, and and he broke into my room dressed as Batman, and I, I mean I didn't I woke up and there was Batman in front of me, and then complete with a mask and everything, and so and this was you know like it's not to be it's not quite what you expect in the middle of the night. And and I said and 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 the, you know I I think I had a knife at least so I had some sort of defensive weapon <laughs> close to me. I pulled the knife. He said, no, it's it's Keith, it's Keith. I said, you're not Keith, are you? Because Keith to me right. was Keith. Yeah. So I said, you're not Keith. you know, I can tell you're not Keith from your voice. No, Keith Moon, Keith Moon. He took the mask off. I just want to know how he got the hell into your room. I mean, you know. <laughs> Not security. Not security. He came up the changed. fire escape. He came up the fire escape. What a, <laughs> a nutcase. It's, it's so
4: great. Yeah, that is nutty. That is nutty. Yeah. You'd think he'd had enough going on. He didn't have to bother you. So when you're preparing for this tour, I, wow. I don't understand. Uh, I love this idea of a process because you've got, I don't know how many. I mean, your catalog is insane. I mean, the amount of songs. And and mm-hmm. and so now you say I'm going to go on tour, and I heard that you guys pull 80 or 90 songs and start rehearsing them. And again, I don't know if this is true. This is what I read. And to me, yeah. that, that do you know those songs by. In other words, you have to go relearn, re-learn those songs. Just because you wrote
7: them doesn't mm-hmm. mean you necessarily no, remember. That, them. That's one of Keith's mantras. You know, just because I wrote it, I said, right. "Yeah, <laughs> but, you, did you?" Uh, no. <laughs> so then, so, no. But but um. Yeah, of course, you don't know them backwards, but you do know them. I mean, I mean, I, I, I used to say to Charlie, this is a joke. Sometimes we were really bored. It, it, I say, I, I, I you, you can test me on in the most obscure song. I can sing you at least two lines of any Rolling Stone song. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah, two lines is dead. That's good, but it's not going to get you on stage. And, um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, there's certain ones that we know really well. You know, so right. maybe thirty, maybe more. I don't. I'm not really counting. And then there's another fifty that we've that we know, so sort of half. And so, but uh, then we, then we, and I'm, you know, I I I made I make a list, and uh, and you know, the the thing for me is it's, it's it's kind of I don't want to sound crassly commercial or anything, but you know, you're if you're playing in a stadium, it's a lot of people. So if my, my my theory or my or my experience also is if you're playing in a small club or theater, you can play more or less anything you'd like, you know, because right. people are there that, that they, they're interested in hearing some maybe obscure songs. That's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear just playing the same songs that they really know backwards. They want to hear something different, you know. that. But if you're playing in a stadium... Most people come to stadium, they want to hear songs that they, they're very familiar with. They're not. I mean, yes, they would like some songs to be a, a bit obscure, but most of the time they want to hear things that they know. So Mick, this is you, a song
4: you, you, song you do. Mm. And I know I only have you a short amount of time, so I have to ask you, that mm. is a song you do that moves me. I'm a guy who d- doesn't um, show a lot of emotion. Okay. And yet every time in my life that I hear this song, and I play it all the time, I get so incredibly moved and sad. I begin to weep, and uh, it's, it's uh, well, and and you. I don't think you've ever performed it live. It's oh probably uh, if someone said to me, pick one song of the Stones that 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 you worship more than any. It's from Exile on Main Street, which is one of my favorite albums in the world. Mm-hmm. It's this one. And, and when when. Oh, nice one. From the fir- first note I have the chills now I, I can barely stand to listen to it Because I get so overwhelmed with emotion It's so beautiful All dressed Why? up to do you harm <laughs> All dressed up to do you harm what? Why can't this be done live? Why is it something it you won't do?
7: It could be But it doesn't occur to you to do it live It's something that you, no, we never, you go, we, we, I don't you think know. we've ever done this one live Is there any particular reason? No, I don't think there is a particular reason. It's just no one's ever brought it up. As you say, there's a lot of songs, you know. Um, and there was also a lot of ballads, you know. This is, this is a ballad, you know, and we have a a lot of ballads. And, and, and in a, in a a rock show, you, you, you you know, you do two ballads. Uh, I, my, my, my source set list is, is two ballads is the maximum, you know, in a Rolling Stone show, which is, you know, right. uh, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't do more, but that's normally the, the 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 way it goes. So you do two ballads. So we have a lot of ballads, and so, you know, we 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 do do a ro- a rotor of ballads. You know, we go we we rehearsed a lot of ballads, and we had the the first night we had uh, um, in um, in the first night. Show we did we put up on for the fans to choose which ballad they which ballad they wanted to hear i think we put out wild horses for to cry angie and one other i can't remember um and so we you know so they pick wild horses and that that's you know that's the, the probably one of our more popular ballads but yeah you're right i mean it is a very nice song and and it would be a good uh a good one to do
4: where are you when you write something like "What can kind a of poor boy do except to play in a rock and roll band"?
7: I was in a, a very expensive house in. in the States.
6: <laughs> wait, wait, where uh, where were you? A rented
7: house somewhere. <laughs> I was in a rented house um, uh, in London. Uh, it was in London. It was do, it was during the you know it was the season of uh, of demonstrations, but. Um, yeah. I was thinking about that, you know,
4: you talk about demonstration stuff. A lot of your music, I mean, in a way, sometimes I think of you as an American because you write a lot about America. You write about a lot about sort of like, you know, the Vietnam era when there was wars the you know, who shot the Kennedys. Uh, after yeah. all, it was you and me. I feel like I feel like you identify with America in a way like I I'm surprised you never did become a citizen.
7: Uh, well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I feel I'm, I'm very, I'm the, I mean, I probably don't sound it to you, but I mean, I am very Americanized culturally. And, you know, I have uh, my children, all ex- I have eight children and seven of them have American passports. <laughs> um, don't know how the eighth one missed out. Um, but, 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 um, yeah, I'm very Americanized I mean, since I, the thing, the thing that's um, interesting about It is in the in the early sixties, even before youth culture, America was the place that was idolized by Europeans. You know, by English people, by by French people, by German people. wasn't just English people, but obviously they having had an advantage because of language. But but I mean, that was where popular culture, movies, you know, uh, 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 consumer goods, you know, you know, television, everything. Was coming really from there, though we had our own homegrown things. Um, so that's what we, we we were brought up with that, and um, and so we admired that. So we, you know, we were very a cultural culturalized to 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 um, American things. So so and then you know when we started to come to America, we spend a lot of time in America, and uh, and and as you said, lots of people think I without talking to me that, but they think I, they think the Rolling Stones are an American band. I mean, they, yeah. they, lots of people do think they're the Rolling Stones are an American. band. But, um, but, um, you know, but I, ha- but the, the, the thing about the stones is that they are, then they are very eclectic band. So that though, that the, the stones is really based originally on, on the blue on as a blues band and, and yeah. played some, some rock and roll numbers, you know, like Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, that sort of thing. That's how the band originated. But it, it, the interesting thing about the Rolling Stones and, 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 and the Beatles and, and lots of other English bands is that, that they weren't American really. And, and they right. could do lots of other, they did other things. I and mean, we, we, we did, you know, we did, you know, uh, folk songs. We did Elizabethan style music. You know, we did songs like Lady Jane, you know, we did play with fire, which is these are, these are not blues songs. These are not. These are not, um, American influenced songs. These are, these are European. These are English tradition songs. And, and, you know, we also did, you know, in the punk era, you know, we also be, you know, did that as well, you know, and we do yeah. on stage now, we do 19th Nose Breakdown. But I mean, th- that's very English, you know, and, 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 and so you, you become a different persona for that song. Or if you're doing play with fire or Lady Jane or, Nine Breakdown. It's a different persona to doing, you know, uh, you know, Key to the Highway by Little Waters and That's another thing.
4: I'm being told I gotta let you go, but I gotta Mm -hmm. tell you, I, I, uh, again, I don't know if I'll ever get to meet you or, or interview you again or whatever, but if I ever got another chance, I want to talk to you about so many of these songs and how you wrote them because I think that a lot of people don't realize too, that I think they think that, Oh, you got to go. All right. But I, I think that a lot of people think Keith is the guy who writes all the music and you write the words. It's not like that.
7: Um, no, not really, you know, um, I mean uh, at the very, very beginning it was like that. Um, uh, Keith would write the, the melody, you know, or the chords of the song, but you know, and he would sometimes come up with the top lines and sometimes I would come up with the top lines and, but Keith would write some of the lyrics and I would write some of the lyrics. Or I would write all the lyrics. But then later on, you know, we we'd do both, you know, and I would write the yeah. chords and I would write the melodies and Keith would write the chords and write the melodies and you'd share it like that. And sometimes we would write, you know, on a, songs completely on our own. Nothing, you know, we, we, we'd just play the finished song to each other. Um, so, there's a, I mean, every possible combination of, of it, you know, is, is the way it works.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm a. I, I think one of the things that points out why the Stones are so great when I listen to "Love in Vain" and I realize that's a cover of a song, and then I it's go back. A cover version. To me, I know it's a cover version, but I mean, what you guys did with it,
7: uh, as yeah, it's very the different original. for the original. I mean, that yeah. this very different from the original and has different chords and 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 uh, you know, it's great if you do cover versions. Sometimes we do cover versions that are like on the. Uh, the, the re-release of Tattoo You, we do a cover version of the Charlotte's Troubles Coming, and it's yeah. it's pretty much uh, uh, a straight cover of their version, you know, probably not as much vocal work, but uh, that's one way of doing it. But otherwise, doing, you do a completely different version. So when we did, we covered The Temptations, uh, you know... Um, ain't Too Proud to Beg. Yeah, too, well, yeah, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, and, and I was thinking about... Um, just my imagination. You know, we, we made that into a punk song at the end, you know? So it, yeah. it, 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 it's, uh, there's different ways of covering. So, yeah.
4: It's, it's I want to get into the, the, you know, listen, if you ever are motivated to, again, get up early in the morning and talk to me or whatever, uh, we hmm. got to go through your catalog. We got to talk about how you wrote these songs. This is an important discussion we need to have. You need to have this with me. You don't know it, but you need to have this discussion <laughs> with me. And I would love to do it. I know you
7: gotta go. I just want to tell you yes. again. Would
2: you do it? Would you do it, Mick?
7: Come on. Well Mick. we'll see. Let's see. We had a pretty fun time. We had a pretty fun, <laughs> a pretty fun time talking. I, I enjoyed right. talking to you, Howard. It was it was it Same was Mick. really enjoyable. I yeah. love you. Thank you for all the
4: music and all Thank the you entertainment. So much. And uh you're just you're just the greatest. Thank you. Thanks Mick so much, Fager. Howard. Really fun talking to you guys. Fun talking to you too. Bye. Tony. I'm so, I'm so moved by this. I can't tell you. I might have to oh, go I recover. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> oh, I can't even handle it. That was it.
2: amazing. And but watching I, you do it,
4: uh, was I just like, need...
2: it was like you were a kid.
4: Oh, my God. You can see the Rolling Stones on their no-filtered tour. For concert dates and tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. Here, Mick Jagger on, of course, SiriusXM's XM's Classic Rewind Channel 25, Classic Vinyl Channel 26, the Spectrum Channel 28. Um I was like a guy at the end of that begging for a second date and he wouldn't commit.
2: You wouldn't um, even, com- you wouldn't even ask. You were hoping he would say, I'll do it. But you were just hinting. That's why I said, like, would you do it?
4: <laughs> I had such a horrible fantasy, you know, because I always disappoint myself that Mick was going to turn to me at the end and go, Howard, I'm so into this. Fuck all the other shit I got to do today. I want to talk to you. I want to get into my song catalog. I need, but no, I was like, Hey, Hey Mick, I'm sure you're going to want to do this again. This is excellent. And he's like, uh, we'll, "We'll, we'll see." <laughs> well, he did say he have. enjoyed it. I have he been. Said, yeah, I've that's had a good fun. Time. Yes. Oh my god! First of all, I spent all night thinking about this, and I didn't get to. Of course, I didn't I get to you three didn't of them. it all. Well, first of all, I've been completely neurotic. Let me tell you about my day leading up to this. I told you my neighbor next door is. Uh, building a house so they're doing all these pile drivings which are really loud i went next door to the builder and i said can you just please not he's a nice guy he said i said can you stop at noon and i got mick jagger on the show goes oh that's important i go yeah yes <laughs> and if you could just like not pile drive and he goes yeah no problem i said and if you could stop at noon if you could stop at like maybe even eleven thirty, because i have to take a nap before i interview Mick Jagger he was like yeah 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 well of course this you know I went for a walk this morning with Beth uh-huh. and I came back I ate my lunch early I get into bed and of course I can't sleep I can't take a nap because I'm too excited that Mick Jagger is going to be on the show so I'm like this is ridiculous I gotta fall asleep I want to be fresh for Mick Jagger so Beth was busy doing hydro so I said let me take matters into my own hand I put on porn. And I was watching these two lesbian. right before I came down here for the <laughs> Mick thing, I go, let me, so I have the, the a lesbian massage room where, like, these two incredibly good-looking women who are way too hot for, um, you know, for, for, for porn. porn. Yeah, I mean, they could be models, I think. And they're going to town on each other, and I'm rubbing myself frantically because I'm like, if I rub myself out real quick, I'll get into bed and I'll relax. And uh, I wasn't going to do something lame like say to Beth, you know, hurry up. Can you just fuck me real quick so I, I can be ready for Mick? I, it would have been, you know, and she had a busy day. She had a lot of animal adoptions and stuff. So I, so I'm, I'm tugging on this piece of taffy between my legs, feeling disgusted because I'm about to experience Mick Jagger, who is as close to godliness as you can get from me. You know, I, I can't tell you what the guy, I mean, I'll try to explain what he means to me and why, but, um. So I'm rubbing on this thing and all of a sudden, I guess at my age, like sometimes you can kind of feel like you've, you already came, but nothing comes out. So no. I was rubbing on it and nothing came out. And I went, okay, you're running out <laughs> of time here, dude. And the, and the guy next door has stopped doing the pile driving, put this fucking thing away and just get into bed. So now I have to wrap up. I got to, you know, I, I had to get, erase all uh, traces of the fact that I was on new porn on my phone. <laughs> because, you know, people handle my phone all the time and do updates and all this shit. Oh. And then I, uh, yeah, you know, IT guys. And I was like, ah, so I have to do that. And then I get into the bed and I'm like, oh, my God, I think I hear the air conditioning making noise. It's humming. I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm like a fucking mess. And then I start writing down quite I had notes. All over these little sheets of paper, I have <laughs> like uh, Mick and I like, like about Willie Nelson Mick's father. I mean, I could, I mean, I didn't even get to get to Mick's you know life growing up, but and how the Beatles it wrote a good song for them. It was a
2: very short time, yeah, it was, it a was very so short, short amount of time.
4: So I decided I'm just gonna have a conversation with Mick wherever it goes, it goes, you know, that was it, but yeah, um, I mean,
2: you can't make that happen, you know, like no, an interview that could. Go on for three hours. You can't make that happen oh, in the little time you have. I
4: need three hours with this guy. He's got to give me the three hours. I'm going to say you got to give me three hours. But anyway, <laughs> like there, like just this whole thing where the Stones, whenever, you know what? There's this great video online. You got to watch it. I always like it when Mick brings out, like, whoever the hot female star is of the day. And they'll either do hockey Tonk Woman or, you know, Give Me Shelter or something. Tina Turner used to come out. I, this is what I, I mean. If, if, this is all my fantasy about talking to Mick. Tina Turner used to come out with Mick, and it was electrifying because the because t- it, it charged Mick up. But the one you got to watch is put in Sheryl Crow and um, Mick Jagger doing Honky Tonk Woman. This is from a bunch of years ago. She comes out. She's wearing a belly shirt, and she looks fantastic. She's wearing these super tight jeans, big titty. You know, whatever she's got going on looked perfect. And she starts dancing with Mick, and I, I went to ask Mick. I said, I'm sure he banged Cheryl Crow. I'm positive <laughs> of it. I watched this thing. They were practically fucking on stage at one point. Like Keith and and Ron Wood are like turning their heads away. Like these two should get a room. Like
2: they shouldn't even be
4: watching this. <laughs> right. Lately, it was like watching two people put on a public display of affection. And I watch this clip all the time because it's so. I mean, she's into it. He's into it. It's two good looking people just fucking dancing. And I don't know how they didn't fuck afterwards. And I want to know from from Mick if they fucked afterwards. I do. Uh huh. But anyway, and then the whole catalog, I was going through their catalog. I don't really know how on this tour they pick. I don't know what they do, 18, 20 songs. But uh, you start going through that catalog. It's mind-blowing.
2: Oh, yeah. I I just uh, put it on yesterday just to because I said, you know, like, you know so many songs, but there are so many songs you don't think of and well, it just went on and on and on and on. It's like, oh my God, I know every one of these songs.
4: Yeah, they they gave me the high sign, but um it looked uh, like somebody was
2: in the room with him. Yeah, yeah really yeah, they giving were. him the high sign,
1: too.
4: Yeah, so I was just like oh, fuck, because I mean, the first song I was going to ask him about is this one. I Tell me, tell me, you're coming back again. You know that that was like the first song they wrote on their own, and then and then with this one they finally realized they're they're real songwriters. They got they're real boys. careers. Yeah, yeah. And then I was gonna play Mick all my my set list, what I would pull for the new tour.
2: But it is, you want to know what the hell was going on when you you captured the zeitgeist of the entire population. Right. I yeah. can't get no satisfaction.
4: Now, I know this much about it, but I have more questions for Mick on it. I can't get no satisfaction came from Keith. The words. I can't okay. get no satisfaction. He was reading something or overheard something and it was like, hey, I can't get no satisfaction. That's pretty cool. And then Mick heard it and he rolled with it. You know, he just, uh-huh. he he started writing. But the it.
2: way it's, I'm driving in my car and a man comes on the yeah. radio telling me more and more about some useless information. It's just brilliant.
4: Yeah, and and Mick, uh, like I think that's one of those he wrote in ten minutes. Wow, something crazy like that. I think, you know, if I remember. I mean, it's just crazy. It's from a Chuck Berry song because. Chuck Berry said, "I can't get no satisfaction. I'm singing about something else." And then Keith was hung up on, "I can't get no satisfaction." Uh, it, it, there's so many stories and so much music in that catalog. I can't even imagine. What is that catalog worth? You know you see like Dylan selling his yeah, people uh, catalog.
2: Selling, yeah.
4: yeah. I wonder that's if that's got to be one is.
2: of the one of the most expensive ever.
4: Oh my god. Yeah. So many songs I wanted to ask him about, but all right. Yeah. Mick wrote the lyrics in 10 minutes by a pool in Florida for satisfaction. Yeah.
2: But it's just, they're, they're brilliant lyrics. They're not just ordinary lyrics. That is not an ordinary Mm. song. That isn't like an incredible song.
4: Anyway, I got very overwhelmed. Everyone
2: relates to it.
4: I got very overwhelmed when I saw Mick. Right. Yeah. It was wild. I I was like, wow, that's
2: Mick Jagger sitting there. And he looks so dapper. You know, yeah. like that's Mick. You know, he's yeah. a fashion plate, even yeah. to this day.
4: <laughs> hey, Kathy, you're on in California.
5: Hey, how's it going, Howard? Good. I I just want I just want to uh, say real quick that I mean I was so I'm a huge Stones fan. Got the tattoo on my arm, the whole deal, and right. um, I was equally excited for myself and equally nervous for you, and excited for you. So I'm yeah. so happy for you. You did amazing. It was way too short. I know that you're probably
6: going, yeah. but um, no, great, I mean, great job. And
4: and and, I'd take 10 minutes with him if I could get it, you know. But uh, yeah. it was great. It was a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, to see Mick Jagger there and, uh And, and he's uh, of course, so
2: relaxed. He's a relaxed guy. Yeah. You know, like, he's so great because he is. He's, like, one of the coolest people on earth, and nothing jangles him.
4: Yeah. Well. He's got a nice setup, too. It looked like there was some guy there who, like, basically gets him off the uh, radio. Yeah,
2: things rolling for him. You know, whatever Mick said, he's making sure it happens.
4: Yeah, I'm uh, trying to get my organization tight like that. I I don't know. I go to do interviews. They hold me there for two, three hours.
2: (laughs) Take him. Keep him all day. (laughs) Yeah. But you wonder, you know, like I'm, I'm wondering about even his life. Like he's been Mick Jagger, this world famous man for his entire life. Like he was pretty young when they became famous and that's why never ended for him. You You got to go
4: back and you got to go watch this video. There's a video online. Mick Jagger's dad at the time was a gym teacher. I guess the BBC hired him to host this show about kids and exercise. Uh-huh. And Mick is on it. And Mick's a kid. And he's just a little kid. But it, but it's still Mick Jagger. I mean, he, the face is exactly the same, except on a little person. Right. And uh, he's demonstrating climbing uh, rocks and things. And, you know, for his dad, he's there with his brother. And it's great to watch. And the old man was really in physical shape and... Mick has said that the father really taught him how to stay in shape and really gave him that foundation for yeah, and that all that kind of stuff. He's yeah,
2: still amazingly thin yeah. and has never lost it. Yeah. But I do wonder anyway. what it's like. I mean, I, I don't think he even remembers not being famous, like not being known wherever he goes. And like, that's a different kind of life.
4: Yeah. Anyway, very exciting.
2: And it was great to hear him talk about Charlie too.
4: Yes. Anyway, uh oh, and the and the uh if you want to look it up online, it's uh, um it's called Seeing Sport. It's Mick Jagger's dad. And um and Mick and his and Mick's brother. They're all sitting there. It's really wild. It's just, it's a short little clip. It's pretty cool to look at. And uh well, anyway, that was pretty exciting loved it. it it seemed to me it was over in five minutes. It just didn't last long enough for me, but that's, but there was hey, a moment I get. knew
2: you were enjoying it
4: there was yes i was yes <laughs> I was learning. I was sitting at the feet of the master um what can a poor boy do except to interview rock stars on the radio?
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh yeah, see the stones uh on their no filtered tour. And there's a bunch of concert dates and tickets. You go to ticketmaster.com and really go see the stones. For God's sakes, they're still great. Here, Mick Jagger on SiriusXM's Classic Rewind Channel 25, Classic Vinyl Channel 26, and the Spectrum Channel 28. Why isn't there a um,
2: Stones channel?
4: I think there is sometimes, and sometimes there's not. Who knows? Oh, really? They make
2: special guest appearances.
4: Yeah. Can you limit the stones to one channel? I don't think so. I don't know. That's it. But uh, you want to, I mean, we could end the show or we could, you know, I could sit here and do a show with you. We could, here, I'll tell you some things I might want to talk about. I've never told, I've never played you Debbie and Jeff, the vomit guy, Debbie, the cum oh. lady and Jeff, the vomit guy and their hookup. Right. Um. I never played you OJ Simpson, Summer. <laughs> There's a bunch of uh those Twitter messages that o j and they really infuriate me, so if you want to see me worked up and then I got uh, the fans wrote us a bunch of mail uh we could do some of that, so um why don't we what, if you you got time
2: i uh, I have nothing else to do. I cleared right. the decks
4: nice <laughs> oh.
2: were you holding that in the whole time Mick was here,
4: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be a gentleman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that oh what the fuck is this oh look it's our friend george takei of uh, oh. star trek fame hey, george. oh my
1: how I, I loved mick you know having him on here and seeing him uh with his musculature is oh my goodness wonderful now, you know when he... he's got so many muscles for a 78 year old man
4: Yes, yes, he's in very, very good shape, you know. Uh, to dance around like that, George, it's Like very a beautiful dip- swan prancing yes. around on the stage. I mean, I imagine you get quite turned on by him. Oh, yes. You know, his abs are as tight as a
1: drum, and those lips, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Give me shelter.
0: Give me shelter. What do you want to do with your anus? Lips? With <laughs> my penis. <laughs> <laughs>
4: What about your penis?
1: Well, I could—I uh, suspect I could give him some satisfaction. <laughs> By the way, I hope Brad.
4: Brad, your husband, you don't
8: mind, do you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> of course he does. He's in love with you, Brad. If Brad hears what you're saying, you're going to be in big
1: trouble. Well, Brad's
4: never—never never in earshot
1: anymore. He can barely hear me. Brad. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> he can't hear me. <laughs> oh uh, goody! Good,
4: uh, good to uh, hear from you. I'll let you go. I know you're busy. You have a busy day. Uh, George Takei, everyone. Uh, Glad bye, he
2: enjoyed it. He enjoyed you
4: know, it. He, he liked it. He wanted to get a quick word in.
6: <laughs>
2: Got um, him i will all up.
4: <laughs> yeah, let me do this, and uh, then I'll get to your phone calls. I'll uh, I'll try and uh, do a couple of things for you here. Who knows what we'll get to? Uh, but first, let me say thank you to Trojan. <laughs> yes, Trojan. Feel your best. Get yours on. You know, that's their slogan. Get yours yeah, on. Yeah,
2: I didn't realize they had a slogan.
4: Yeah, uh, oh my. Yes.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look. Hey
1: now.
8: If you had
1: yeah. one shot. Go ahead, but one out. opportunity. Right? Seize everything you ever wanted.
3: One more. Right. to you capture just let it slip. Yo, hey now. His
8: palms are sweaty, knees hey weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti he's hey nervous. Now. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop. Palms, Good song. But he
4: Eminem.
6: keeps
8: forgetting what hey hey he broke down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he hey opens now. his
4: with hey the hey I like it better with a he's hey, now. Hey, hey, now. hey, 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 hey now. now. hey now. I, hey now. Oh, hey right.
8: now, hey now, hey now.
4: Eminem writing hey now. this, I'm gonna be Casey Kasem uh, Jr. Uh, Eminem writing this while on a lunch break during the filming of Eight Mile. Really? Yeah. He uh, recorded each of the um, Lose Yourself verses in one take. He tried re-recording it later, but nothing compared to the original. And then he went with it. That's it. There you go, Casey Kasem Jr. With you. Hi, this is Casey Kasem really? Jr. Rolls.
3: Yeah, Casey
4: Kasem was like, I think uh, Dana Carvey pointed this out. every, every time. You go, hi, this is Casey Kasem. Every, hi, hi, hi. hi <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hey now, lose yourself—the first rap hey song now. to win an Academy Award for Best, Best Original you Song. There you go, Casey Kasem hey Jr. Now. with you. Hey,
8: hey now.
5: now, hey
8: now, hey now. Ah,
4: here's my boyfriend Ralph. Hey Ralph, what's up?
6: Hey now, everything is better. Hey with now. Me. Hey now,
4: hey now. Hey first of all, Ralph started back texting to me. Ralph started texting me what? right before the he started texting me right before the Mick Jagger interview, and I got very annoyed.
5: Oh. Before.
4: because i was trying really? not to you know, get through, all you know i've been I, was,
5: I, 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 I No, that was like real early like noon like or one like 11
4: yeah, noon i started the show at one
5: no no, no it was i like said 11, right before something wrong with my i message anyway i'm mm-hmm. sorry i've annoyed it's, you
1: stop it i was really well, i was like i was you. what i
4: was doing is i was just trying to like act yeah. like it was a normal day i didn't want to put too much you know nervous oh, yeah. energy into the whole thing and all of a sudden i get Ding ding ding, and it's like I look at it, and it's like I feel really happy for you today that you're, get, you know, it's like, the, you, man. it's like hearing Is from the, it's like hearing from one of the listeners you? right before you're about to, you know what I mean? He's got a like I got to change. I'm changing my whole thing. My phone number. Sorry, everybody.
9: I
1: didn't mean to interrupt your jerking off.
4: Yeah, actually, yeah, you did.
1: You came. <laughs> hey uh speaking yep. of sexual stuff but a couple of things at the interview where i loved i loved when he talked about how he was embarrassed to do sexual moves on stage in front of his parents i just thought that was so like relatable you know like, hey, isn't that great that kid? like
4: even Mick jagger gets embarrassed in front of his parents you know what else i loved? i loved when he goes um Keith Moon was crazy, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> yes, this is the guy right. who uh, w- works along with Keith Richards, and he's like, <laughs> Keith Moon's crazy, like, <laughs> too much. Uh, I don't know, it's pretty look. wild. Yeah, it's like, well, what? It.
2: how crazy is Keith Moon that Mitch <laughs> thinks he's crazy?
4: <laughs> right. Yeah, that was
1: shocking. <laughs> that was
4: shocking. That yes. uh, was a uh, lot of fun. I
1: also loved... I also loved at the end where you masterfully like kind of reeled him in a little longer by asking like appealing to his ego and asking like who wrote what and then he went on a little longer. Ah uh, no 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 he's just being Mick. Was...
4: All right Ralph thank you good yeah I appealed to his ego
2: yeah come on
4: Ralph's a fucking crazy motherfucker. Yeah. He's at home. <laughs> he, he
2: thinks that Mick Jagger thinks like him. There's yeah. no way Mick Jagger thinks like you Ralph. <laughs>
4: Um yeah while we were in commercial Robin was telling me some very important news which I <laughs> didn't know the,
2: the big news
4: <laughs> break the big news uh Robin
2: there is a new host of next season's the bachelor he was named yesterday his name is Jesse Palmer he hmm. was the oh, no. season 5 bachelor
4: What are his views, Robin, on race? And has he ever been to an antebellum party?
2: All I know is that when he put out his first tweet or whatever it was about it, he added a rose emoji. So he's all into it and he's happy to uh, exchange the knowledge he gained from being the bachelor (laughs) with the next bachelor.
4: Well, at least somebody got a job out of that show. I mean,
2: where's Chris? Harris?
4: Chris Harrison is probably like, fuck. First of all, yeah, the guy from the this guy is happy because, first of all, I didn't know Chris Harrison made so much money, but they paid him off a whole bunch of dough and he was making about five million a year. So, wow. What a great gig. It's like when they named the new pope. Very exciting. Bachelor Nation's in shock. Who knew that this news was coming out today? It's very, very upsetting. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just hope his views on antebellum know. parties are well, in sync with... Well, I hope with...
2: that they have uh, named a publicity person so that the mm. host never gets called into a situation like this.
4: These shows never learn. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> They're going to ask this guy his views on race. He's going to say something. He's going to slip up. And that's it. Kiss that five mil a year. Bye.
2: Uh, Well, he Hmm. is, you know, he's done other things. He's been a like a guest correspondent on Good Morning America. He's all in that ABC franchise. And so they like this guy a lot. And that's why he's going to be the next host of The Bachelor.
4: Here's some news. Attempted presidential assassin. He even fucked that up. Couldn't even, you know, he didn't kill the president. He shot him Oh, he fucked up Brady pretty good. Attempted presidential assassin John Hinckley Jr. will get an unconditional release from court restrictions next June, which blows my fucking mind. The guy shot President Ronald Reagan. Yeah, this guy, uh, Brady, who was next to... what's What was Brady's first name? I, I don't mean to call him Brady. James. James Brady. He got shot. He got so fucked up like the guy couldn't even talk anymore. The guy was a brilliant couldn't intellectual. Walk, couldn't
2: talk. He was confined mm. to a wheelchair and had a really bad speech impediment. He was the press secretary.
4: I think this is a bad precedent. You shoot the president. I don't know. I think that's a life sentence at least.
2: I look... Well, he never got into the the prison system because they declared him mentally insane in his trial as opposed to criminal charges. And um, I was watching Morning Joe the other day when this news came out. He goes, I don't know who's making these decisions. Sirhan Sirhan is released. (laughs) And then... We got to let Hinckley run around without supervision.
4: Yeah. Imagine if you tried to shoot the president in Iran, what they do to you. Oh, you wouldn't be
2: here. (laughs) 20, 30 years later, we wouldn't be talking about you.
4: The judge said if he hadn't tried to kill the president, he would have been unconditionally released a long, long, long time ago. Really? Uh, That then there's a problem there, too.
2: It's only that he Um, shot the president that he's been watched all this time. He could have shot anybody else and he'd be out already is what you're saying?
4: Yeah. Hinkley, well, that's what the judge is saying. Hinkley's been living with his mother since 2016 until she passed away in July of 2021. She wonder if she died of embarrassment. The ruling, this ruling would allow him to move out and live anywhere he wants, which, of course, everyone has said John Hinkley is now. Freer than Britney Spears. Yeah, I'm glad
2: that somebody's still watching her every
4: move. Mm -hmm. Any chance we could see John Hinckley on Dancing with the Stars? I mean, I'd watch it. I hate to say it.
2: Well, they do go after the controversial.
4: (laughs) The judge might have to step in. I like the judge goes, well, if he hadn't tried to kill the president, I think he would have been out a long time. Yeah, I guess if Osama bin Laden hadn't orchestrated 9-11, he'd be a pretty cool guy to hang out with. Uh, Jesus. Although, as we've pointed out in the past, John Hinckley has been writing songs while he's been away in the loony bin. And, yeah. uh, I do have his most recent song, may your dreams come true, which evidently yes, they I do are. if you wait long yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that poor James Brady, he spent his life, I think in a wheelchair and like unable to talk. Oh, life was fucked up. Fighting but, you know. to
2: get guns, uh, gun uh, laws changed.
4: Yeah. This
2: is the only time we used to see him.
4: Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing great. This is my latest original song. Should have played this for Mick.
5: It's a long way to...
4: throw up
2: how long did it take him to write this
4: (laughs) jody foster's on the phone she wants to say something about this yes jody
0: yeah you know you know i have to say i'm impressed with hinkley i uh, i'd meet him for a drink i really would
6: Uh, you know (laughs)
4: you better lay low want
6: to meet him (laughs) poor
4: jody foster (laughs) i hope hinkley's past the jody foster in love situation because uh what about hers does she get special protection from this guy I mean, who knows? Well, what you is. know
2: what, Howard, he's still on medication. I and see. even in the um, statement, the judge is basically saying, as long as he takes his medication, mm. he'll be fine huh. and nobody right. should be watching him. But who's watching him take right. the medication? Well,
0: well, well Jody, I just think, you know, yes, go ahead, go
4: ahead. You say you're very impressed with him, though. You, uh, you like it.
0: That's right. I You know, I looked his music up on uh, YouTube and just had more of a curiosity and all and God damn, the songs are good you know, <laughs>
6: yeah. you know, I ju- I thought
4: you were I, I thought you were into kidding. women, but I, it seems like you're so impressed you might uh, want him
0: he's he's, uh, he's turning me he, he finally he's, he's figured it out you know, I, he, he's the best guitarist I've ever seen, frankly, you know he wow he's, his songs are really catchy, you know, yeah, put that back on.
4: Yeah, you would. Yeah, okay. You'd think all those years in the in the in the Looney Hatch, he would have uh, practiced a little more guitar because
6: it's
0: pretty
4: rudimentary.
6: She likes it. Jody likes it.
4: (laughs) You think this is good? You should hear uh, Charles Manson's latest. He wrote a whole slew of them before before he went on to the next world.
1: Like a
0: five-year-old wrote it. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, were you talking to me? I was just <laughs> singing
4: along. <laughs> okay. I don't let you go, Jody. I'm sure it's you have like to correct It's
2: has never heard good music. <laughs> he, he thinks this is good. What he's doing?
4: I think all By they the play way, in the uh, looney I think I think all they play in the looney bin is like a uh, muzak, So maybe he's been out of touch. <laughs> D- uh, Patty Davis. Uh, she wrote
2: that this was really alarming to her
6: sure i'm with her
2: they there's no getting over what what happened that day
4: she lays pretty low these days i mean we used to see patty on the show she used to do our show patty davis reagan yeah it was kind of fun we had the president's daughter on all the time and it was kind of fun too because like her and her brother ron they were they didn't like president reagan they liked him as a dad they just didn't like his policies it was pretty cool and then she did playboy
2: just to upset him, I think.
4: <laughs> yeah. We had her in for that. But, well, yeah, she's she's pissed, right? She's probably like, yeah, you know, yeah, this guy shot yeah. my father.
2: This is not something that goes away. And yeah. the idea that he's walking around and nobody's watching him is
4: not comforting. Patty, I'm right there with you, honey. You know, if your dream comes true. What's the lyric, Robin? Your dreams come
2: true. I didn't hear it. Hmm. You were listening harder than me.
4: I think James Brady's dream was to walk again. And uh, his dream didn't come true, sadly.
2: Yeah, you sort of sit around thinking, this guy doesn't even care about what he did and the effect it had on other people.
4: Hey, he's a rock star now. Who cares? Um uh... veterinarians
2: David Chapman out and they can start a band
4: here's some other piece of news too veterinarians ranchers and farmers are struggling with the continuing demand for ivermectin that's that deworming livestock drug that for some reason people in our country have turned into total idiots they're willing to take that they're willing to take livestock deworming uh stuff but they won't take the vaccine, and the New York Times is reporting animal supply stores and vets' offices are running out of the drug due to high human demand. One store now, in Las pe- Vegas.
2: Are the people taking it taking it as a preventative, or do they have COVID?
4: Uh, I think they they stock up on it in case they oh. get COVID, and then when they do get COVID, also they are they are running to get it. Okay. The good news is none of them have worms. Zero
3: worms.
4: <laughs> One store in Vegas has begun selling the medicine only to customers who can prove they own a horse. So that's good <laughs> at <least.
3: laughs>
4: But uh, I was saying, the, I, I, we talked about this before. I'm like, what about these poor horses that need, you know, actually have worms? They they, they're
2: suffering. They are suffering.
4: Mm. Yeah what else is going on oh benji shaved his head
3: huh.
4: it looks like that guy who uh there are the police are searching for
2: that brian laundry <laughs>
4: yeah got the brian you know laundry who look else
2: has, has uh inserted themselves into that case
4: he had the bounty hunter yeah yeah he That's wants to catch brian laundry i i still don't understand how this guy brian laundry got away i mean he was in his parents' house supposedly. Although some people are saying now he wasn't in his parents' house, but they were but acting I like he was I heard a report
2: there. yesterday that they went all they all went camping together, and then yeah, the parents came back without him.
4: <laughs> yeah. what is going on? <laughs> but yes, and it's true. We're all consumed with this because that chick was hot. The girl he killed. Oh well, he didn't. We don't know that he killed her, but the girl who died. Uh, you know. He's a person of I think he's a suspect.
2: He's a person of interest.
4: There you go. Suspect. You know, you should you should be in the FBI. By the way, do you watch FBI on CBS? No. So good. They got FBI, FBI Most Wanted, and FBI International now. And I watch all three. I can't get enough <laughs> of it. I love You're it so into much.
2: The FBI franchise.
4: I am so fucking into it. It is so good. I'll give, nice plug, CBS. Good program.
2: Maybe maybe I'll give it a try. I like investigation shows.
4: Yep.
6: It's real I good. I
2: find American investigation shows very light. I don't well, like them.
4: What I like about it is every week it's the same exact story.
2: Oh, see?
4: <laughs> right up front they show you some horrible thing that some person does. Uh huh. Then all the FBI team gets together, including at least one or two hot chicks, who are way too hot. I mean, the FBI the, the FBI has the hottest chicks. <laughs> I'm sure if you talk to a real FBI guy, he goes, "Where are these hot chicks?"
2: Yeah, where's I, that I, I, division? I want to be yeah, in it.
4: <laughs> where's this hot chick division? <laughs> but like the TV show FBI has that Missy. I can't remember her name. I don't know the actress's name, but she's got the dark hair. She's really super hot. And then, and then they brought in this uh, black woman who's super hot, big titties running around with the gun, capturing criminals. She Excuse even tackles. Me? Yeah. She's like, she tackles dudes. Like she's so, and she's totally fucking hot. She's got a white partner. He wants to fuck her so bad. I mean, I'm sure
2: he doesn't say that.
4: No, no, no. He's totally professional around her, but they should just bang. It's like the, it's like the federal Bureau of supermodels. <laughs> and then there's Missy Peregrim. That's the other hot chick. And then you go to, oh, they all each. And then now the new FBI international has like really hot chicks.
2: You see, if this is all it is, I'm not going to like it. So
4: yeah, I'm, I'm giving you a heads up what it is. <laughs> you know if <laughs> I like it, see you something won't. Something
2: a little more realistic than a yeah. bunch of models running around pretending they can solve crimes.
4: Remember when I was a kid, my dad took me for a tour of the FBI, and I got to see the bullets and everything. With you know, and, and most of the no no disparagement or you know, but the reality was a lot of the agents I saw who were female looked like Fred. Uh, who works on this show when you North. were
2: there? You saw some female agents. There were no female agents when we went to the f b i There were only men, and they were really oh. big and tall. You could hardly see their faces. They were so tall mm. to kids and then they would take us to the gun range and all I remember is those shells flying, yeah,
4: out and the then gun. you got to take home a shell, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my parents took me on that trip. It was a miserable trip. My father complained <laughs> the whole time he my father likes to walk hands free And my mom would make him carry stuff. Oh. I I want to walk hands free. (laughs) You can't walk hands free. This is a whole fucking trip to Virginia and Washington, D.C. You can't walk hands free. We all have to carry things. But it's not fun for me. Plus, he had all this camera equipment that he carried. Oh,
2: boy. She had him loaded down like like a mule. (laughs) Like
4: a mule. A pack mule. (laughs) I want to walk hands free. Oh, um, Mr. Ed is on the phone. He's upset about this ivermectin situation. Yes, Mr. Ed, how are you?
0: (laughs) No, Howard. Oh, these shitheads used up all the dewormers. Uh, And now I've got worms out the wazoo.
4: (laughs) Yeah, see, Mr. Ed, who, uh, you know, was very famous on TV for a while as a talking horse, actually has worms. I read
0: Can that in the paper. Don't
2: imagine a star like Mr. Don't Ed those morons, his ivermectin?
0: Those, right. Those morons don't realize that this stuff doesn't cure COVID. Wilbur's been pulling worms out of my asshole all night.
4: <laughs> what does it feel like, Mr. Ed, when you have worms? Like, uh, does it hurt your stomach? Or is it weird when the worms come out? Like, when you shit, do you see worms in your shit?
0: Absolutely. The worms feel like they're eating me away. It's very uncomfortable. My horse ass is on fire.
4: Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I had worms. And they're itchy. I remember like always like scratching my asshole with my finger.
0: Wilbur uses the worms for fishing. But I said, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: How horrible. Poor Mr. Ed. Poor
2: Mr.
0: Ed.
4: Yeah. Poor Mr. Ed. He can't scratch his own ass. He tried. He told me um, he caught his hoof on his asshole. Uh, (laughs) Because they have nails in there, you know. Yeah, well, his
2: shoe started to stink, right.
4: (laughs) Mr. Ed, you still there?
0: Yes. Oh, oh, I, I was. What- I can feel my life slipping away. <laughs> oh!
4: Did you ever um, scratch your ass and then smell your hoof afterwards? What did it smell like?
0: Oh well, before worms, it was pleasant. It smelled of hay and and oats and corn. But now I smell like a rotten pumpkin. <laughs> 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 okay.
3: Eww. Uh,
4: yeah. Dog, as you said, Robin. Dog the Bounty Hunter has joined the hunt for Brian Laundry. Dog the Bounty Hunter told Fox News's Steve Ducey. People were social mediaing him to demand that he finds Laundry. Well, that'd be good oh. for Dog the Bounty Hunter. I think, like he's kind of like he was pretty popular on TV. Is he? I don't even think he's on TV anymore. Is I
2: don't he? know if that show still exists. Mm. Yeah, but that's... I mean, they don't need you know people like dog the bounty the fbi is there why do they need dog the bounty hunter
4: well because fbi has to follow protocol a dog can kind of keep <laughs> things outside the realm of the law he can he can take shortcuts that the fbi can't see, he's dog I the see. bounty hunter he can take liberties
2: yeah. so far you know. what he did was go and knock on the landry's door and yeah. not get a response so,
4: <laughs> that's what he said it's
2: going well
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. you were down there and and uh, apparently your phone just started ringing off the hook hey dog you got to
6: join the hunt right
10: well yes we we were notified by a couple family members and our fans just kept social meeting us to uh a, a no end please dog please since you're in the area will you check it out <laughs> so once Francie and i started reading about the case. And seeing what was going on, we're in Colorado. Yeah,
4: Beth begged me to get down to Florida to <laughs> kind of intervene in this whole situation. So Honey, yeah, you once, have to yes. <laughs> yeah, once me and Beth took a look at the news, right away I said I got to get down to Florida. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to that. Where's Steven why Seagal? Are... He could. Can... Yeah.
2: But I wonder why the Fox people are 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 entertaining this like it's a good no, it's thing. dog please
6: you were down there and, and-
10: wait, let me wait, well, I and cut it please, off dog, please since you're in the area will you check it out so once francie and i started reading about the case and <laughs> seeing what was going on we're in colorado so the the couple had passed through colorado so mm-hmm. we that got our attention right away so yeah. yes we're down there i went to the father's house to talk to the dad and he wouldn't answer the door
4: I never saw the Dog the Bounty Hunter show. I don't really know his whole world, but somebody around here was. Hey, who was telling me that Dog just gets guys who are, um, you know, they've skipped out on bail?
2: Yeah, that's Before, what a bounty hunter is. They're yeah, tra- trying but, to bring people back to get their bail paid.
4: Yeah, but they were telling me, like, it's kind of a slam dunk. Like, like who was telling me that? And Does that ring a bell with anybody? I don't remember exactly, but but it was kind of like, you know. It's not that hard to find the guy's dog is looking for. According to, does anybody recall telling me that? Guess not.
3: Okay.
2: Well, Well, generally, you see what he does.
6: We were just saying that Dog the Bounty Hunter on his old show, he used to just go after like meth heads and people who would steal like $500. So these weren't exactly like brilliant criminals he was going after.
4: In other words, it was pretty easy to track these dudes down. They weren't exactly capable of masterminding anything too complex.
6: Yeah, they were like high on meth. So it's a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> wildlife and history. usually
2: when you go to their house and knock on the door, they answer, right? <laughs>
6: They're like, right. yeah. <laughs>
4: hey, it's me, Dog the Bounty Hunter. And like, oh, okay. <laughs> Come on in. Maybe we need OJ to get involved in this. Isn't he down in Florida? Or is he in California? I don't know where he is. No,
2: he's in Florida, I thought. Is he? Yeah.
4: OJ will fucking find you. (laughs) Yeah, I was following this, uh, you know, uh, Brian Laundry fella, and very interesting young man. Already uh, uh, can't find his girl. I'm looking for the killer of my uh, wife, and uh, maybe I could talk to him. (laughs) You know. Yeah, but evidently, I've I've never seen Dog the Bounty Hunter in action, but evidently he wasn't chasing Lex Luthor, you know.
3: He He wasn't any
2: kind of investigator.
3: I mean, I don't know. Here's
2: the address of the guy who skipped bail.
3: (laughs)
4: Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, you still got to have balls to go get one of those guys. I'll give him that.
2: Well, this is an investigation. It's not just having balls to go get the guy.
4: I wonder if OJ thinks this guy, this kid, laundry, is the real killer, or does he like automatically? Does he go, no way, he did it? You know, because like, like Bill Cosby's already made an announcement that R. Kelly is being, you know, set up. Yeah, uh, he believes, uh, you know, R. Kelly's just a great guy, uh, and and uh, you know, OJ probably immediately has to take the side of this kid, laundry, right? He's probably. Like, I don't know. I think something tells me the real killer is out there. I think they're chasing the, the wrong is not guy.
8: Charged. Yes, the cue is not charged. The key is not charged. The cue's not charged. Stop with all of this drama.
4: The key is not charged.
8: The cue's not charged. He goes. The cue. The cue's not charged. The cues. The cues not charged. He says the cues are not charged.
6: No,
4: he says accused, accused, not charged. That's what he's saying. Oh,
6: accused, not charged. I don't
8: know what the fuck he's... Accused, <laughs> not oh <my> charged. God. <laughs> huh? You know, sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I should look for this guy. I like, like to get
4: together with him and talk shop.
8: <laughs> Quite impressive.
4: If this young man is listening, look, let's not lose our heads.
8: <laughs> That's my Stick line. to what you know. Right.
4: Um, yeah, so once Dog the Bounty Hunter joins the case, my my theory is the bullshit psychics can't be far behind. I'm pretty sure they're...
2: Oh, I'm sure, Yeah. This I'm sure piece, the Lo- this family doesn't need that kind of nonsense.
4: I'm sure the Long Island Medium is preparing a special where she can communicate with Brian Laundry <laughs> she's, and the she's girl.
2: Find him, right?
4: Gabby. Tonight's special, Long Island Medium speaks to Gabby in heaven. Yeah, the circus is forming around this case. Shameful. Maybe I should. Maybe that's a good opportunity to play you the Long Island Medium special. It's just quite remarkable. She's got a 9, Long Island Medium nine eleven special where she contacted a lot of the people who died during nine eleven. I that doesn't sound particularly heinous to me.
2: Well, that's what to, it made me think of when Dog showed up. I was like, oh, this is like another opportunist, like the yeah. Long Island Madam. What is she, Medium Madam, whatever she is. <laughs>
4: There is a Long Island madam, you're right, but this is the Long Island medium.
3: <laughs> okay.
4: Uh, actually, there's a new special. Long Island madam gets in touch with the victim of 9 11. <laughs> uh, hey, Mike in Nevada. Let's say hi to Mike. What up?
6: Hey now. Hey now. Wow, this is a dream come hey true. Now. Howard, Robin, Fred, love you guys. Awesome. So uh, I had been calling because you and Robin had many times mentioned how OJ is treated in public, and I had a quick run in Uh, three years ago. I showed up at a bar to watch an NFL playoff game, and right around kickoff, I turned to my left, and there was OJ, two seats down from me. How you doing? And I'm sorry to report. (laughs) What's that?
4: No, I'm I'm doing my incredible OJ impression. Of (laughs) some people think I'm like the next Dana Carvey.
6: Go ahead. Well, what I had to tell you guys, I sat two seats down from him for three and a half hours drinking beers, and it's thoroughly depressing. He was treated mm. like a king. Yeah. People were coming up, offering to buy drinks for him, take his picture with him. <laughs> uh, and this was back <laughs> in 2018. Truly- he just got out of prison three months ago.
4: Yep. We live in the nuttiest country. We used to have a pretty normal country where you would you would shame a guy like that. But no. hey, OJ, can I take a picture with you? I got, I got my phone. was truly it's really remarkable. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play my O.J. stuff. Forget the fucking long medium. Damn! Yeah. All right, Mike, thanks. Yeah.
6: Howard, when I got there, at first, I was scared. I'll be honest. I was, like, sitting, you know, three feet away from a guy I'm pretty sure murdered somebody. It was pretty scary at first.
8: The cue's hey. not charged.
4: Hey, uh, I'm, in, I'm in the barn. there's O.J., and I'm real scared. <laughs> <laughs> I see, and, and I see quarter, OJ, I had had and beers. he's looking real scared. OJ's, OJ doesn't have
6: a problem in the world. He's not, he's not even
4: embarrassed to go out in public. He's just like, fuck you. I'm going to go enjoy my life.
6: No, he had a big smile on his, his face the whole time. By the third Why quarter, not? I'd had enough beers. I was, I was texting my buddies, Schessler and Borsalino, and they were like, dude, you should start doing the OJ drops. So when a big play would happen in the football game, I'd go, look out. And I doubt O.J. noticed,
4: but I sure did. <laughs> Good for you. you think like people would say, get the fuck out. But I guess, you know, Wolfie was telling me he ran into O.J. at an airport, and he was fully oh, really? expecting people to, like, boo him and shit. He, he said fans surrounded O.J. for autographs, you know, like, it, like they're, they're not even nervous around the guy. It's like, hey, he had a momentary lapse. Come on!
2: But this is the era of no shame, and you can yeah. be famous for anything. And people want to hey, get the picture taken with you. It doesn't matter yeah. why you're famous.
4: Can I get a selfie? I I, I need to get up to three hundred followers on my Instagram.
2: Look at how Jeffrey Epstein was able to live all that time mm-hmm. with partying, <laughs> you know, you know taxiing around, famous and influential people on his plane even after being convicted of sleeping with underage girls it just doesn't have matter no idea.
4: what you Robin, my brain's a little tired up uh, 1455 what time are we at
2: what i got military 1455
4: time down here 5 is 255 she was uh she was in the military so she's real good at that shit <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that by the way 1455 how am I supposed to work with that (laughs) did
2: somebody tell you it was 1455
4: no I've got a little clock here and for some reason it's on military time and I'm like (laughs) you know I was not in the military I don't need a constant reminder that I'm a coward 1455 1456 right now (laughs) coming at you gave me military time yeah I don't like military time. I don't, you know, I don't want it in my house because it's
2: a 24 hour clock. That's all it is.
4: But it's a constant reminder how stupid I am. Oh, you know what I mean? I'm like, wait a second. I know 12 o'clock. So now if, I, I got to get to 14. I'm like, well, one, 12. That's right. 13, 14. <laughs> I'm up to two. I'm 257, I guess. You know, I'm like, what, what, what am I going to do next? Get some coordinates.
2: Well, yeah, sure. That way you don't get lost.
4: (laughs) Who am I? G.I. Joe's Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. Okay, here's OJ. Here's what I got on OJ. Okay. Tell me what you think, okay? So, this is like pretty much a synopsis of OJ's summer. And what we did was we kept tabs on OJ over the summer while we were on vacation. Um, He recently told the Athletic Sports News, how many Americans even today wouldn't want to live my life, wouldn't love to live, wouldn't like to live my life? I don't work. I play golf four or five days a week. I go out to dinner a couple of nights with friends. People want to buy me drinks. I'm always taking pictures with people. Ladies hug me. I'm living a good life now. Not bad for a double murderer. You know, the problem is I'm afraid other people will get inspired to kill their wives because it does sound like there are no downsides and things are pretty good.
2: Well, as you said about John Hinckley, what's the big deal? He would have been out, the judge said, he would have been out long ago if he hadn't tried to kill the president. If he had just killed some regular person, he'd have been out a long time ago.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And he doesn't have to lay awake at night worrying that Nicole is like boning some guy, <laughs> which was his big problem. <laughs> you know? no, no messy divorce there. Hey, uh, hey, Wolfie, what happened? Where did you see OJ? Here's a firsthand report from Wolfie. What up?
9: So I was, I was at an airport a few years back and I heard this, this really like loud roar of people. And it was just getting louder and louder. And I was in the security <laughs> line, and I turn around, and OJ is, is like, right in my face.
8: Jeez, like, it's I'm, me, yours truly.
9: And I'm, I'm a tall dude, but he he is big and intimidating. He's big. Yeah. And uh, these people were, like, they were breaking out, like, baseballs and all sorts of weird shit uh, to sign. And he had the biggest grin on his face, like, OJ is living his best life. There's yeah. no problems in OJ's world.
4: Hey, OJ, so glad we didn't lose you to prison. Great to see you. And like people are fond, like no one's sitting and going shame and ringing a bell like on uh, Game of Thrones.
9: Not a what. He, he, uh, it's like they wanted to lift him up and carry him around like he was in a parade. They were so excited to see him. And I found out he was at a, he was at a nightclub the night before, like hosting (laughs) some kind of party. Like they, they actually hired OJ to, to be there for the MC.
4: Wow. Do you think if I gave O.J. like a knife to sign, he'd sign it? I'd be like, O.J., I, I hope you don't mind, but I've got this beautiful knife.
9: I wouldn't want to take that risk, but it would be funny to see what would happen.
4: O.J., would you mind taking a picture with me and my wife, and I'll give you a knife, and you can pretend to be stabbing her? Because that would be a very valuable picture. I bet you O.J. would do it. I'd be
9: like, sure. Yeah. He's up for fun.
4: Now you had no idea. OJ, would you, I just bought a Bronco. Would you mind standing in front of it? It would be very good for my social media. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd do it. Hey, OJ, can you get angry and smash my sunglasses? Like oh, my to get God. That. I'd like to get that. Sign my glove. Anything. Uh, let's see. Okay, so here's some clips because you love those. They get you all worked up. And I particularly hate when O.J. makes sense. (laughs) You don't
2: like agreeing with O.J.
4: (laughs) No, like sometimes I agree with O.J. Uh, The last time we checked in with O.J., that was in early May. He was applauding Liz Cheney for standing up to the Republicans and the way the Republicans were defending Trump about January 6th. And... uh, Later that month, he went after Republicans who were trying to defend the Capitol insurrection. And you're like, oh, fuck. O.J.'s making sense.
8: (laughs) Uh, I stopped watching cable news because of these senators trying to get a congressman, rather, trying to gaslight us by telling us what we saw on uh, January 6th didn't happen, that it was a love fest, basically, between the cops and the insurrectionists. Come on, guys. You guys think this is like George Orwell's uh, book, 1984? don't believe what you see or hear believe what we tell you look guys we saw it with our own two eyes have you listened to these police officers being interviewed (laughs) saying how much they feared for their life plus all the ones that were arrested you see their defense isn't that they didn't do it their defense is that they were following the directions of the white house they were wrong and of course nobody in the white house is uh Uh, on their side right now except these congressmen trying to feed us gaslight us with these lies hey i'm just saying hey look get your shots and i hope all is well
4: there you go he's getting that slogan in. i'm just saying yeah yeah. i like it too I, i mean i like the message believe the evidence and the police Except believe, in your one eyes. S- yes. believe your eyes, except in one specific murder case. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I love There's him no defending doubt. the police because he's certainly yeah. attack the police during his whole case. Well, the police yeah. were
4: worthless in his case. Well, they they were framing him, for Christ's sake, but... <laughs> Does anyone see the irony of O.J. telling people to believe the facts as they are laid out and to trust the cops? I mean, there's got to be some irony in there. At least Bill Cosby now has gone full on Joker. He's the <laughs> Joker. He's like, yeah, R. Kelly. I can't do a Bill Cosby. R. Kelly is, he, is innocent. <laughs> He's become downright evil. Well, he was always
2: mm. evil, but he pretended that he was a nice family man.
4: Yeah. Oh, OJ posted some prison advice over the summer for Bill Cosby. This was in May, so he was still there. Obviously, before Bill Cosby was released, which probably shocked the shit out of OJ. (laughs) OJ shared a couple of insights from his own nine-year prison stint for armed robbery and kidnapping. And you'll hear OJ still doesn't believe he did anything wrong when he stole sports memorabilia at gunpoint in 2007, but...
8: Bill Cosby decided not to take a course, a sexual course in prison and it probably cost him his parole, Um, so he's not getting out. Well, when I was in camp, I, I took anything. All the courses. I wanted to get home to my kids. I took a victim impact course that was particularly galling to me because I had to get up and apologize to my victims. And I got up and said, guys, I'm sorry I caught you trying to sell my stolen property. I'm sorry I yelled at you. And I'm sorry that the state of California ruled it was my property, gave it back to me, and you didn't get to make any money off my stolen property. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) But I would have taken a a cooking or sewing class. I would have taken anything to... To get home and get out of prison and i'm yeah. sure some of my dog buddies now said you sure already took those courses at usc <laughs> i'm just saying hey guys have a great memorial weekend uh god bless and get your shots <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> i'm <laughs> just saying i love when he laughs at himself too
8: <laughs> i take any course my <laughs> <laughs> advice to bill cosby
4: but by the way, it's, something's going on in his mouth because it sounds like his teeth are fighting his tongue when he makes those <laughs> words. I mean, I my advice to Bill Cosby: go through the motions, make them think you have remorse, and then laugh your way to the golf course. <laughs> I, I would to go back to my kids. Kids, I'm sure those kids were anxious for him to get home. <laughs> I'm sure they have a great relationship with OJ. I have. Uh, you
2: never hear anything.
4: Can't wait to get back to my kids. Uh, you don't hear OJ saying
2: he's golfing with his son. You don't hear yeah.
4: <laughs> I can't wait to get back to those kids and force, I mean, make the, uh, get them to love me again. <laughs> kids are probably in hiding. I'd hide. If my dad was OJ, I'd be in hiding. Wait a second. He just killed my mother. He wants to get... Um, there's a phone call from your dad on the phone. Son, Yes. I know I'm in prison. Yeah. I can't wait to get back to you. Yeah, but you killed mom. So what? I miss you, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dad, we, we can't wait for you to get When are you coming home? I only have nine years, and I'm going to get back to you. I feel bad. You guys don't have a mother. <laughs> There's no one to guide you. Mm. All right, Dad. Any words uh, of advice? Do your homework or you're going to end up like your mama. Oh, okay, I'm on it. Don't you worry, dad. Can't wait. You know, son says to you
2: him, know. "But dad, uh, you killed mom." He says, "Look, that's between me and her."
4: <laughs> Why are you picking sides, son? It took two of us to make you. I mean, uh, when I get out of here, I just took a course. I'm gonna be your dad and your mom. <laughs> now let me go. I need to get back <laughs> to finding your mother's killer so I can prove kick ass. I'm a good man. Yeah. OG did a whole political rant about that my pillow guy in election fraud oh, yeah? in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was again he I, he kind of he made a lot of sense. He's he's irked <laughs> by the My Pillow guy. Mike Lindell. That's And you hate when you have to, you know, all of a sudden OJ's making sense.
8: Another thing in politics, I saw where the Michigan uh, Republican senators uh, completed their investigation and was strong in their report that there was no fraud in the Michigan election. None. When they dog Mike Lindell. Um, there was no dead people voting, <laughs> you know. And this Lindell guy, I got my own. He's the, my pillow guy. I got my own beef with him. My family, my sister, my kids, we must have bought 20 or 30 of them pillows. Guess what? There's not one of those pillows in any of our houses now. It has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with sore necks. In any event, hey, mm. go to Costco. Go to the Target. Sore necks. Get a good pillow.
4: <laughs>
8: i cool to... hey, guys, get oh, your shot. Shut up. up. Get your shot. I was a little pissed off.
4: You know, those pillows, though, are good for smothering someone till they're dead. <laughs> I'm just saying, get your shot. Bye. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> Maybe they don't work well for that. That's why OJ got him out of his house.
4: <laughs> <laughs> sore neck. You know who else has a sore neck? Ah, I don't need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, victimized. Hey, uh, word to the wise, Mike Lindell. You do not want to be on O.J.'s shit list. He There's is pissed.
2: No <laughs> yeah, he wants his money back.
4: Uh, I, I suggest you get O.J. that check. <laughs> <laughs> He's like pretty I lucky.
8: Didn't think it was right.
4: Right. Doesn't it tick you off? I mean, O.J., out there on the golf course, four or five days well, a week, I eating think dinner, this is signing order.
2: He's going to be on the right side of every mm. other issue
4: from now on. I did well. Yeah. Let's see what else. O.J. O.J. never really brings up the murder trial. He doesn't like that. But he did get emotional on Twitter talking about the uh, his lawyer died, F. Lee Bailey. He wasn't talking about, you know, he didn't mention Nicole or Ron being dead.
2: Well, he didn't tell you why he knows F.
4: Right. Bailey. <laughs> right. Just his lawyer. Like, F. Lee <laughs> Bailey's Bailey is one of the most famous lawyers that ever lived. Everyone knows the name F. Lee Bailey, but he doesn't tell you why he personally knew F. Lee.
2: Yeah, he yeah. he has a personal relationship with him.
4: Yeah, I'll play you that one. Tell me what you think.
8: Hey, Twitter world. Um, Uh oh, You know, unfortunately, the older
4: you get, you stop. somber, somber OJ. Hey,
2: Twitter
4: world. Hello, Twitter world. This is me, (laughs) sad. Instead of here, I'm happy. World. (laughs) Hey, no, no. Hey, Twitter world. That's me, happy. Oh. Woe is me, Twitter world.
8: That makes me sad.
4: Effley <laughs> Bailey defended the um, Boston Strangler, Albert DeSalvo. I happen to know his name? Who was actually a suspect at the time? And I think I think he defended Patty Hearst. Huh? Oh, I kind of remember I, yeah, that.
2: Yeah, could have been.
3: Mm.
4: Yes, he was very that. very good. And of course, me, O.J. Anyway, this is sad, OJ. Hey, Twitter world. Ooh, <ramos buzzed> I need to. I like that. <clears throat> <Wow. laughs> it's me. Whoa, Jay.
8: You know what? Lo- Woe well, is me, Jay. Hey, <rires> Twitter world. Um. You know, unfortunately, the older you get, you start losing friends. And recently, I've lost a number oh. of friends. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, but today, I found out that I lost uh, a great friend. His name was F. So great.
4: If F. Lee wasn't around, I might have faced consequences, really serious consequences.
8: Lee Bailey, one of the great lawyers of our time. I'll say. I call him Flea. He hated it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what's I called him
4: Flea. We were very, very close. Uh, he, <laughs> what an original name. He took F and Lee and called him Flea. <laughs> I, I called him Flea. And you know what? He didn't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I am so sad today, Twitter world. I'm I'm sadder than Ron Goldman's parents. It's very, very sad.
8: <laughs> Thing is, this was the week he finally finished a book that he... Wanted to write before his life was Mm -hmm. over, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was a book about um, um, my trial Uh, (laughs) uh, and his take on the trial itself, and and uh, you know some of the facts that maybe the public hadn't uh, wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. In any event, but F. Lee Bailey was a great guy. Uh, uh, He was the one lawyer that every morning came into this little. Lock up cell that they used to have me in before the trials to talk to me oh, and no. tell me what to expect that day.
3: <laughs> um, uh, guy. he was
8: great. He was smart, yeah. Sharpest ever. Uh, I haven't read his book yet, but, uh, I tell that- you, I tell
4: you, I'm grieving very, very badly today. I can barely play golf today. I will play, but I can <laughs> barely play. I don't think I'll be shooting my best game, but uh, I didn't call him F. Lee Bailey. I called him Flea Bailey, and there wasn't shit he could do about it either. He said, O.J., stop. I go, what you going to do about it? I call you Flea.
8: Damn.
4: Which is less than a fly. I said, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. F. Lee was working on a uh, book which would have revealed details that we just don't know.
2: Well, OJ said he was still defending him. So.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, if I was OJ, that I'd was read that what book.
2: made him a great man.
4: <laughs> no, I would take a lot of interest in that book if I was OJ. I like that he hasn't read it yet. It's a book about his trial with facts that the public doesn't know, but he hasn't gotten around to reading it yet. Wonder why.
2: Did F uh, not send it to him? Did Flea not send it to him? Flea.
4: Stop <laughs> calling him Fleas, what he would say. <laughs> you know. Uh, OJ told the story about two kids losing their mother to COVID because she wouldn't get vaccinated. Wow, how, how about the irony in that? OJ feels bad for kids who lose their moms. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of irony that.
2: in everything that yeah. OJ says,
4: yeah, even having a sore neck. That's why he got <laughs> rid of his My Pillow.
8: Hey, Twitter world, me yours truly. i uh,
4: uh, That's happy, OJ.
8: Crap today, but anyway, let's talk about COVID. You know, I have a buddy I play golf with. He's a great cook and he invites his golf buddies and friends and, and, uh, over to his house often, uh, for dinner on Sundays. And, but, uh, Magic, a man. lot of us have had COVID and a lot of us say we ain't coming over unless everybody's got their shots. So everybody comes over there and say they got their shots. Three weeks huh. ago, one of the ladies, uh, who's 52, who has two teenage daughters. She said she had got her shots, and she lied. She hadn't. She caught COVID and got real sick, went to the hospital. Nine days later, she died. Hmm. So we Terrible. got two girls who are without kids, without a father, a mother, rather. And, Sounds uh,
4: kind of like your kids, OJ. He
8: gets confused. Say, Which one are they
2: without, a father? <laughs> it's a mother. It's
8: the mother well,
4: it, it is a confusing. You've got two people to choose from. The word mother or father. I just
8: chose the wrong word. And with this, there's no reason for her not to have gotten her shots.
4: That's right. OJ upset. Very bad. Two kids Everybody motherless. who
2: knows OJ gets their shots.
4: Oh, yeah, confused. they go. <laughs> I said, you got to get stabbed. I mean, jabbed.
3: Come on, guys. Or
4: Whatever. Hey, Joe.
5: California Joe. Hey. What a, hey,
4: now. hey now, Howard.
5: How are you? <laughs> all right. So I have a hey crazy OJ story for you. I, uh, so I used to own a flower business in Los Angeles, and I used to have people go out and sell long stem roses, you know, pretty much running around all over the place. So I was working with one of them in the field that day in L.A., and we were making up a batch of roses to go around and sell. And who comes up to my car? But OJ, uh, I was right by this uh, soul food restaurant. <laughs> he walks up to me and excuse really, that OJ impression. Was like, hey, those those flowers look pretty nice. I really love them. So he bought three dozen roses from me. Wow, uh, for fifteen dollars each.
4: Probably had a special said, lady hey, in mind.
5: Well, that's what I was thinking, right? So he hmm. said, uh, "You know where I live, right?" And this was during the civil trial. So he's right. like, you know where I live, right? I'm like, of course I do. I was like, everyone knows where you live. So he's like, you know what? Why don't you come by my house next week and, and bring me some of those flowers? I'm like, great. Sounds great. So I uh, drive up there uh, the next Thursday, go up to the house. There's paparazzi all over the place, news people. Uh, I get to the gate, punching the hello, whatever. Uh, he's like, who is it? It's the rose guy. Let's me in. Uh, he buys like four or five dozen roses. Nice. This goes on for about five or five or six months of me delivering huh. roses every Thursday to him. Huh. Um, the funny part about it is he never himself paid for the roses. He had his housekeeper give me a check,
3: wow. which
5: I'm guessing maybe he wasn't allowed to spend money. Maybe that's why. I- I'm not sure why, but huh. this guy was the most comforting, like nicest. person uh, (laughs) unless
4: unless you're married to
5: him well right i mean listen obviously he killed someone but he was like the most charming down-to-earth nice person i've ever met
8: listen young Uh, man please please bring
5: please
4: bring roses to my house i need roses to put on nicole's grave
5: (laughs) yeah that's probably what he did with him. yeah but he he was he was just super personal he tried to sell he had like 30 sets of golf clubs in his garage and every time I'd come over there, he'd try and get me to buy them. But Here's the something weird you might enjoy. Is,
3: yeah.
5: Right. Because I've used a nine iron before on somebody. you know. But anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: the, yeah.
5: Uh, <laughs> our, our families are kind of intertwined because my little brothers and my stepmom lived four houses away from where Nicole Simpson was murdered by OJ. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we, we used to see her walking her dog all over the place. All right, all
3: right,
4: okay, okay. Right. No, no, fine. Alleged allegedly killed. That wasn't right,
2: very funny. That cues not
4: jars yeah. He said he the said funniest thing story.
2: is story.
4: <laughs> don't you love when people go? Listen, the funniest thing is my mother in law lived right near Nicole, <laughs> and I <I'm> go, "Listen, <laughs> you know, I try to be funny for a living. What, what, what the fuck is so funny? <laughs> you have no How is that funny? <laughs> you he know.
2: bought roses." Mm-hmm.
4: Evidently, yeah, I guess he couldn't handle money. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think what we're learning is O.J.'s a really great guy, unless you're married to him.
2: That's, we we knew that.
4: Yeah, we knew that. We
2: figured that out.
4: Hey, Walter, what's up in Connecticut?
1: Hey, Howard. Hey, Robin. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey now, hey now, hey now, Um, hey now, hey now, hey now. now. I'm gonna make it quick. I was down in Miami for New Year's. This was '02, and I was with a big group of people—a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls—and we were on the beach. And we met this guy, and we all had plans for New Year's already. And he said, "Look, we uh, should—you guys should come to a party early on, and then we'll go out afterwards. It's a great party, great house. Come down." And We went with him. We met him. About three of my friends and five girls went with him. These girls look like Barbie dolls that we were with. And we get to the house, and we walk in, and it's fucking OJ's house. This guy never told us. And we're like, (laughs) holy shit. He was recruiting recruiting hot chicks. yeah. Hey the world. I, I don't know if you remember, like growing up, they had the, some people had like little statues in front of houses, and they like they were like black guys, like holding like a lantern,
4: yeah, like lawn jockeys. Yeah.
1: Exactly. He had one of an L.A. cop, dude. He had one of an L.A. cop, a white L.A. cop, a little statue. Oh like, what? Holy shit. <laughs> you a know, white. Like those little statues <laughs> yeah. that are like that, like black guys holding. A lantern. Like, he had when it was the L.A. cop, a little L.A. cop statue. A oh, cop. really? <laughs>
3: you know, yeah. This, was you
1: fucking know, this is in yeah. Coconut Grove in, in fucking Miami. He had and, a Los uh,
4: Angeles police officer lawn jockey?
1: That's right. <laughs> that's right.
8: Ooh. Exactly. It's and cool. We How do you get that? The party. He had, had yeah.
2: a date, obviously.
8: Obviously. <laughs> well, who's laughing now?
2: But that's why I you say know, OJ like, was defending oh, two, the like, cops
1: in one of those clips we just played.
4: What happened at the party? I mean, did the chicks hook up with OJ?
1: You know, they didn't hook up with him, but I had pictures and everything. And, you know, at first we were kind of like, you know, like, what the fuck? Dude, you just brought us to OJ's house. But, <laughs> of course, quickly, the fame and the celebritas and this, this OJ, as you keep saying, has this fucking charm. And next thing you know, the fucking girls are all over him.
3: You're, You're kidding, kidding. Oh,
1: wow. pictures. And it's just like this dude just fucking murdered people, you hey, know. It just, you know, over.
4: you ladies are very smart. I had one bad night. That's it. <laughs> Other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> Apparently everyone so all these went, stories went, are everyone went, was, is hanging out with OJ. Yeah.
1: And and then we're going home. We're driving home. And of course the girls are feeling shitty. And anyone who took pictures with them they're feeling a little shitty and guilty. Hmm. Right. And the guy who we met, who took us to the party, I'm still friends with him today, sick fucking dude, this Israeli guy, he was good friends with O.J., and this is true. And he's telling us, he's like, Walter, Walter, he told me he did it, he told me. He, he told me that that girl was driving around in, her, in his own car with, with, with the boyfriend. I, I had to cut, he, he had to cut them up, like nonchalant, like O.J. told him but
4: it, and I believe not it. Charged. not a big deal wouldn't? turns out Robin I've learned a few things today I'm glad we we are on today it turns out OJ has hung out with at least 60 to 70% of my audience that's number one I've learned (laughs) and I realized that OJ is more beloved than me because I walk around and you know some people have a negative reaction about me but OJ seems to get an overwhelmingly positive reaction
8: (laughs) I am smiling like the cat who ate the canary
4: uh, let me see if I have one more clip. Yeah, you know, OJ felt bad about the mom who died of COVID. Yeah. Oh, OJ lives in Las Vegas, just like our own. Oh, Ronnie. he does. Yeah.
2: I didn't realize
4: he had moved. Yeah, because he complains about the heat a lot. Do. Yeah. Very upset about the heat, OJ.
8: Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly, on an incredibly hot. When they- what, do you,
4: what do you want to what do you want to bet? Ronnie ends up in a strip club with OJ and their buddy buddy.
2: I was gonna say, is Ronnie gonna become friends with OJ? Yep.
4: It's gonna be one of his <laughs> pals. Uh, you, know, you know who I saw something. and is a good guy? OJ.
3: <laughs>
4: that was a treat. You know who I saw? Who'd you see? OJ. And he was fun. <laughs> you know, By the way. One thing I admire about O.J., at least he's honest about the heat in Vegas. Ronnie acts like it's no big deal because he wants Vegas to be the greatest thing ever.
2: The heat's not so big. When I was looking at something today, and um, Las Vegas is on a list of one of the 28 states that people regret retiring to. (laughs) Not Ronnie. (laughs) And they said one of the worst things about Vegas is there are no doctors there. Really? Like, if you really get sick and you need real high-end medical care, you got to go to Los Angeles or San Francisco because there aren't that many doctors in Vegas.
4: Ronnie will chop her into uh, Los Angeles. No problem. <laughs> O.J. will lend him his helicopter.
2: There you go. He's got those highfalutin' friends.
4: Hey, Ronnie, I listened to you on
8: the show. Let's go to the strip club and see these beautiful <laughs> ladies. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly, on an incredibly hot, windy day here in Las Vegas. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, not many people on the golf course today because it's hot. Probably 114 (laughs) degrees. I'm going to try to play tomorrow, but uh, at 7 a.m., and it's probably going to be 100 by then. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly,
4: just finished a round of golf, and man, was it hot. Having a great night, though. Yep. Have
2: That's it. hysterical. At least OJ tells the truth about the weather.
4: Yep. And OJ laughs at all of you. He got the last laugh. Thanks Let's face
8: world. it. It's me, truly. Come on, OJ wins. Come. OJ wins. <laughs> <laughs> OJ
4: wins. Again.
8: There OJ is Who's laughing now? is truly, boy. There OJ wins. It's me, the real OJ32. There it is. Who's laughing now? Yours truly, boy. There it is. No karma, okay, so I guess. Who's laughing now? Who's laughing
4: now? That has a whole life of golfing. Who's now? Crime who's does now. Who's laughing now? Oh, there it is. Like the Joker. Oh, there it is. Oh, there, it is. Right? No
3: oh,
4: oh, there it is. Right? There's no karma. Oh, there it is. <laughs> By the way, this is the music in my you your head part. you're, you're hearing. You just it's put it's the headphones me. up there. <laughs> <laughs>
8: there it is. Who's laughing now? was <laughs> true, the boy? <laughs> there it is. All right, me, enough of that. <laughs>
4: Jesus Christ. Making me
2: yep, OJ, you're laughing.
4: America's Funny Man, OJ. All right, anyway, that's an update on O.J.'s summer. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> it's hey, terrible. T- he had a better summer than you. I'm just oh. saying.
4: I did nothing all summer. <laughs> I was on the phone to the psychiatrist. I bet you O. J. wasn't. O. J. doesn't it's wake up down. and go, you know, maybe I need to talk to someone. I've got a real no, <laughs> Yeah,
8: he's fine. That might be right.
4: Uh, King of All Blacks is on the phone. What are you doing?
8: <laughs> I just got finished playing tennis. Yo, nice. Listen, I was trying to play tennis, but um, does did you ever see uh, Jimmy Walker's commercial for life insurance?
3: No,
1: Jimmy J J uh, Walker.
8: <laughs> yeah, Yo, you tired. have to. He looks right. like a
1: black. <laughs> He looks
2: like a black raccoon. <laughs> well, what? I don't know about
4: that, but it's funny. <laughs> is it fun? Is it funny? Wait a second. Hold on a second. He's well. He's so racist, thinking of all blacks. I know. Yeah.
2: It's funny yeah. because this is an older man now, right? Still acting like he's kid dynamite. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you
8: got. But he has blotches like in his skin, like. Like you know, it's not an even tone. It's like he got black around his eyes and around his cheeks. It's big.
4: <laughs> well, can't you give again, a brother a break?
2: Nobody really worried <laughs> uh, nah. about his his look
4: when
8: they no put you got to see it. I sent I sent um, one of them the video. You got to see it for yourself. Listen to the to the. You got to listen to him. He can't wait to say Dino might like. He, Talking and he's fumbling the words. And then Kid, goes, Dynamite. Dynamite. He's Kid Dynamite.
3: Kid <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> but I didn't know
2: what I didn't know was that he clapped his hands every time he said dynamite because when he gets to it he was like and then they told me they'd give me extra money in my social security check and i said dynamite
4: well maybe that's a new thing maybe maybe he added that in like 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 instead of saying dynamite he claps now before he says dynamite it's an innovation he used
8: to clap on the he used to clap on the show too he used to go real fast, but now it's slow because he's old. Like, uh, like
4: he's you know them old. How you know, to make a living? Comedians. All right, okay. I'm going to pick on kid.
2: Well, Dynamo, I also I think say. that, you know it makes me feel kind of sad because he says they actually added a hundred twenty-five dollars to his check or something. I've, you know, he he says that these things actually happen to him. That when you call this number, they help you with your hmm. social security or medicaid or something and and he got extra money added to his check i would wish that he didn't have to worry about that
4: jimmy jj J. walker was the only good thing on that show i used to watch good times good times i didn't like florida i didn't like uh the father i didn't like the little kid who looked normal you know the the cute kid supposedly and and then oh, oh i like the hot sister that i liked but jimmy jj <laughs> J. walker was that whole show i mean i'm not gonna Let's be honest.
2: It just looks like a not well made, well shot
4: commercial. Yeah. Listen, no. Guy's trying to make a living. If I, listen, if he calls me, I'd tell him to go find Brian Laundry. He'll be a fucking <laughs> hero again. Imagine Jimmy J.J. Walker finds Brian Laundry out there in Florida,
2: and then says,
4: "Died oh my right." <laughs> <laughs> We're all getting older. What can I say? We're all getting older. Um, let me see if there's anything in the fan mail, and then we'll get out of here. It's enough already. I'm fucking exhausted. All I know is it's 1531. That sounds like a lot later than when we last checked.
8: That's it for today.
4: <laughs> I can't believe it's 15 o'clock. <laughs> Good Lord. You don't Whatever say 15
2: o'clock. You just say 1,500.
4: Oh, sorry, Miss Military <laughs> over there. I'm or pretty 1531.
2: sure. 1531.
4: I think 1531 is like midnight. <laughs> We've been sitting here way too long. Um, everybody loved hearing from Dave Grohl. A lot of people writing in about that. Everybody loves Dave Grohl. What a, he, he was so great this yesterday. It was great. so much fun to, so much fun talking to him. A lot of people wrote us about uh, JD's baseball cards. <laughs> Today's analysis of J.D.'s chewing his peanuts into a paste was hilarious. Hey, I'm just trying to help him. He he wedges in too many peanuts into that pouchy mouth of his. And it turns into like a a big paste and he's got to start drinking water to try to get it down. Fred used to eat like that, but I think his wife tamed him somewhat. (laughs) Sometimes I'd look over during a show and Fred would be eating his breakfast and I'd see big pouches of food. Like yeah, it looked he like had he had like a...
2: a jaw that looked like it was swollen.
4: <laughs> well, he looked like he had a tumor. I said to Robin one day, I think Fred has cancer. She goes, what do you mean? I go, look at his cheeks. They're puffed out like I think that's a tumorous condition. Uh, today's analysis of J.D. chewing his peanuts into a paste was hilarious. I guess now we know where he gets the peanut butter for those dogs and webcam girls. He makes it himself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I didn't make that connection.
4: I suggested to JD that he eat like three to four peanuts and put it in his mouth. How about we'll one see. at a time? That's what I, I, I do. Really but
2: taste them.
4: He says by getting that big wad in there, he really gets a nice <laughs> juice going. <laughs> it's like chewing tobacco. Uh, hey, JD. Keep collecting those cards, like the song goes, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Don't let Howard get you down. You do you. Okay, fans saying keep collecting those cards for a nice investment. Dude. JD, don't don't let the staff rag on your collection. Plenty of guys collect baseball cards. Only problem is they're eight years old. <laughs> 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 oh, uh. Most grown adults keep money or jewelry locked up for protection. J.D. has Joe Burrow cards in his safe. Does he keep (laughs) his spoon collection in there, too? I think he does, actually. In honor of uh, Mick Jagger being on today, here's a J.D. song.
3: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
4: a lot of guys wrote me about Amanda the Caller. If you remember yesterday, Robin, we received a call from a woman named Amanda during the show. She said she looked like uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And she asked me if it was slutty of her to provide the condoms on a first date. And we got to talking with her, and we learned a lot. And the fans think she sounds like a blast. Amanda says she looks like Jennifer Aniston, is about to install a strip pole in her bedroom. We'll hop into bed with a guy right after meeting him. She sounds like the perfect woman to me. Give me that woman's number. (laughs) Or... Give me, give that woman my number. Either way, he'll go. <laughs> Amanda, the caller, seems like a lot of fun, both in and out of the bedroom. She sounds like the female Ronnie, but with less ass play. Yeah, Ronnie likes it in his ass a lot more than Amanda does. Yes. Um. Yeah. A lot of people praise Gary for booking Mick Jagger. I'll praise him too. Good. To, Absolutely. Good, good going. Oh Jesus! I think I just threw up.
2: Oh. Did you eat just before the show?
4: Did you wolf something down? No, I, I ate lunch at 10.30 trying to uh, get a nap before the Mick Jagger interview. Uh, uh. By the way, for those of you just waking up, we've been on the air since 7 this morning. We decided to go <laughs> extra long. It's 15.35 <laughs> now, so. Uh, what else did people send me? Yeah, much praise for Gary getting Mick Jagger to come on the show. Makes Gary the goat. G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. That's right. That's right, Gary. Anything you want to say? You want to take some bows or
6: talk to your public? T- team effort. Uh, we've got a great team, and it wouldn't happen without you guys, <laughs> with you, without selling you as a great host. So thank Gary, you. Gary, you, you're a goat.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I have
6: teeth like a goat, right? Is that <laughs> no, <we're
3: going?
4: laughs> no, 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 no. You're a goat. No, no joke. <laughs>
6: Today
8: today he's so (laughs) he's like he's
4: like so slap happy that he thinks i'm coming Uh, up
3: with (laughs) well
6: i appreciate it It, he was great Mick was great it was it's i mean i don't know about for you but when 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 he was on the screen i'm like fucking mick jagger you know what i mean it's just like oh believe me
4: i love that guy so much his music means so much to me that uh, it was overwhelming just to look at him i would have looked at him for a half hour but i don't think the audience (laughs) would have enjoyed that i would say mick can you mind if you just take the half hour and i look at you
6: it's not great yeah, radio. Yeah.
4: Right. By the way, I should let you know, too, Ooh. that um, Robin's boyfriend will be on the show on Monday. I don't need to say his name.
2: Yeah, um, you want, please tell me. Who is it?
4: Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: <gasps> oh, my God.
4: Yeah, that has the same reaction to him. He must be a very good looking guy. Of course, I'm so heterosexual, I can't tell. You can't but, tell? Uh, no.
2: <laughs> Big dick energy.
4: I know. I know. I don't Big know
3: about all energy. Energy. I love Jake's Dick. got
4: a new movie. You got to check this thing out. It's going to be on Netflix. It's um it's fucking crazy. I'll I'll put it at, I'll I'll just leave it at that.
2: Does it have but, uh, a name?
4: Yeah, The Guilty. I just watched oh. it. It's good. Really good. Right. He's good in it. It's all him. He it's, he's pretty much the only character in it.
2: Well, that's good for me.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: No distractions.
4: You were fawning all over him the last time he was here. Oh my that. goodness, I'll never mm. forget it. You really are attracted. That's your type. If I if I was to say a Robin Quivers type of guy,
2: I want a penis. <laughs> I think he's special.
4: Right. I don't think Fuck he's a my type. tight little pussy. <laughs> if he says to you, uh, Robin, I just want to get, I want to hook up with you kiss you i just want a one-nighter would you do it or you would you need a romance
2: i i might do that (laughs) he might be the one you want me to lick your ass
4: (laughs) wow wow that's sex appeal yeah good looking guy yeah
2: and great actor
4: yeah i don't even know how to describe this new movie it's like it's, I, I, I don't even want to because it's got like a surprise ending and it's it's good. It's really good. It's going to be on Netflix on, I think it hits Netflix on Friday. So everybody watch it.
2: Okay. You're making me so wet.
4: When is he coming
2: in? I have to be ready. <laughs>
4: what are you going to wear or not wear?
2: <laughs> well, let's not ask Fred. Uh, I will do you want fuck Fred to, you hard like a teacher.
4: Do you want do you want to dress up in your do you do you want Fred to dress you for the uh, show? <laughs> no,
2: cuz Fred will, will strip me naked up, and leave band-aids on my breasts.
4: <laughs> you can't waste time. <laughs> anyway, Jake plays a 911 call operator in The Guilty. But I think to say more would ruin it for you. Okay. I watch it with my wife, but she was every I said, uh Hi, really like she goes, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll watch anything with him.
2: I'm, like, <laughs> I'm oh, gonna squirt
4: I know. She said the same thing. <laughs> 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 I have tape of Robin watching the guilty and she Woo! didn't know we were she, she didn't know we were miking her.
3: Uh huh. Oh,
4: <laughs> this is some tape. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's going on with me? Have I lost it? Yeah. We're this ready is to that... have
2: more fun with your big 14 inches.
4: Anyway, uh, yeah, so the audience was excited about Gary doing his job well. Also, uh, Brandy Carlisle is going to come in and do a couple tunes. Wow. Oh, I love. Right? Do I have like that right? Is Brandy Carlisle next week? Guys, love that woman. I hope you guys listened over the summer. She did a special concert for us. I think it's some of the best music I ever heard. Yeah, next mm. Monday is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, next Tuesday, Brandy Carlisle.
3: Better uh, show up.
4: Yeah. A lot of people wrote us about Mamet's wedding, too. One of the guys <laughs> on our show, Mamet, is getting married on the same day we're actually doing a show. People thought that was nuts. I think Mamet doesn't want that. I think Mamet doesn't want that stern show eye watching his every move at his wedding and that's why he booked it on a show day. There are plenty of non-show days that he could have done it. He doesn't want you all there. Okay. It seems like a lot of ha- well, how about just not inviting us?
2: Yeah, don't go through uh, all these machinations. Just don't invite.
4: Only Mamet could make a wedding more, compl- com- more complex than necessary. For having such a high IQ, he's a moron. <laughs> Mamet also revealed his philosophy for raising children. And like me, listeners did find it disturbing. Mamet's views on raising kids is how maniacs like the Menendez brothers were created. If your first instinct is to inflict fear into your children as a form of discipline, it's time for a vasectomy. Mamet should not reproduce.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty bad for his kids too.
4: Yeah. One of his kids called us from the future. I mean, the kid hasn't been born yet, and he sounded crazier than Keith Moon. A lot of people were tickled. I'll leave. I'll leave the show on this. Uh, I even I had to tell Beth about this about Richard's van toilet.
2: Uh, oh my people, goodness!
4: The fans were like entertained but disgusted. A lot of different emotions. Learning about Richard's van toilet. Richard showed me on Monday's show how it's possible to laugh and want to hurl at the same time. <laughs> That is one funny, vile fucker. Richard Christie just revealed that he used the toilet in his van as a beer cooler, and then he'd fill the bowl with ice and drink beer after he took a shit. This week won't get better than this. (laughs) How do you top that? This is the high-water mark of radio broadcasting. Howard has hired some of the most vile, disgusting humans ever, but Richard Christie takes the cake. He is a bottomless pit of revolting stories. Just when you think you've heard it all, he comes out with another truly putrid anecdote. (laughs) Amen.
2: Yeah, we haven't even tapped that well.
4: Yeah. On our phone is Robin's vagina after hearing Jake Gyllenhaal will be here. Okay. Hello? Hello? Wow! How's that for special effects?
2: <laughs> Sounds like Hurricane Ida.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, it was. You're very wet. That's what it. That's what it indicates. Uh oh! And finally, on um, Richard's van with the toilet in it. Um, this was sent in by John Hinckley What a weirdo Richard is! What do you say? I think it's enough of a show. I mean I'm it was exhausted. quite a
2: special show.
4: That's right. Thank you again Damn. to Mr. Sir Mick Jagger. And uh
2: So funny when you said, Can I call you Mick? What else are you gonna call me?
4: <laughs> Mr. Jagger. Listen, that guy has earned my respect. There's nobody better than him. Lest I do I need to play you every song this guy wrote? It's mind boggling. <laughs> See the Rolling Stones on their no-filter tour. For concert dates and tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. I'm reading military time now. It is now officially 7,000 o'clock.
2: Oh, stop it.
4: What does that mean? (laughs) There's no (laughs) such thing as Uh, 7,000 o'clock. And and finally, I'll end on, what am I ending on? I think you can end the show on the death, Death Wish Coffee live read. I don't have that. Oh, do I? Oh, I do. Oh.